It's time for another podcast that's completely unnecessary. You know, I regret giving it that name now because it's, it's so many syllables and 25% of the time I screw up saying it. For Wednesday, <laughs> September 9th, 2015, the afternoon edition of the CU Podcast. Yes. The sunny edition alongside Ian Ferguson. I'm Pat Contry. Um, we have a swore Swarway. I screwed up not the title of the podcast, but saying Swarray. Swarray. A Swarray is a party. A smorgasbord? A smorgasbord. Of topics? Is that what we're... I, mean, I think it's a party of topics, too. It's a party of topics. Is that. it an adventuring party, or, or just a... It's an action RPG. Yeah. Would you be a wizard, and I'd be like a paladin, you think, if we were in a party? Probably like a thief or a rogue. You're not quick enough to be a thief, I don't think. I can roll dice that say otherwise. Okay. Are we talking about... We'll be following up that GameStop Chrono Trigger debacle with the, with the guy being sent uh, a fake... Uh, basically a fake counterfeit game with, uh, with Madden with inside. <laughs> um, Phantom Pain, microtransactions. Oh, Metal Gear's out! Oh. <laughs> E.T. carts racing, raising a lot of money uh, out of New Mexico. The, the final tally off of eBay sales. Follow up on the Analog NT. Remember that? Uh, the Federal Trade Commission coming down on Machinima Network on YouTube. Jimmy Kimmel piss, pisses off the Legion of Gamers. Resident Evil Origins announced. Mega Man Movie might be coming from Fox. Ubisoft Theme Park, what the hell is that? Steven Spur- Spielberg predicting superhero movies might be going the way of Westerns. And your Q&A, Ian's going to the gym. Uh, yep, yep. He's uh, gymming it. We talked about that last time. And I'm still doing it, so... I don't know what else is going on in your life. Uh, well, I'm back to follow up on that thief and rogue thing. I'm I'm back at this weird period where I'm just reading all these rule books just for the fuck of it because it's fun. So I've been doing that. Um, and I've been working a lot lately. It's been like a, it was like a two week straight sort of deal. It's been a weird month. But so. you head off today, right? Yeah, which is why we're doing a strange afternoon edition of the podcast because I you had... know what I'm gonna go on record and say I like it. I think it's going to be a better one. I think uh, at five minutes in, that's uh, that's a pretty big... That's bold. That's a, that's a bold statement to make. I, oh, I need a win just because I'm trying to maneuver the Mario right there on this. I need a win because my hard drive's failing. So the last three days, I've been trying to back up like seven years of videos. Or actually five years because for some reason, I have another hard drive that has like... Two th- it's like 2008, 2009 are on this one hard drive. Then another hard drive has 2010, 2011 for some reason. I don't know why. And then 2012, the presence on the this two terabyte hard drive but it's starting to fail and i never had a hard drive fail and so if you're out there and if you have a hard drive issues or the partition's gone or you want to recover it it's like it's called uh what is it called test test it's it's like test disk 7.0 it's free open source and it's outstanding um from what i've seen it's like really good from otherwise you have to pay probably a hundred bucks or more or or go send your hard drive to some data place and they probably use software like this in order to get uh, data. It, it's been backing up my data and this isn't advertising it for money but it, it it was able to access the files even though the hard drive wasn't being fully recognized by Windows itself but this program still was able to get yeah. into the files. So it's it's fairly powerful for what it is and like I said it's free. Um, and you can even like recover if you already deleted it you can pull it out. I know, this, I know the software that does that but this is just a little bit more powerful by the guy who wrote it. I think is in the, this sort of business or whatever. So that's what's been going on. So that's been terrible. But the book's proofread, most of it, the video game review sections. So if you're not sure what it means to proofread 760-plus game reviews, it's making sure everything's proofread and vocab is all matches up. Make sure there's a dash between power and up for power-ups, you know, stuff like that. Obviously, grammar, run-on sentences, making sure 
consistent use of punctuation. But then also, you know, Pat's got to double check all the, you know, most of the developers are double checked, not all of them. But did you just refer to yourself in the yes, first person? Yes, because Pat did a lot of work on this book and it's still not done yet. And like this, you know, I did beef up some reviews. Uh, I went back and played Zen Intergalactic Ninja today. That was one of the probably the top, probably the first ten or twenty I wrote for this godforsaken book, and um, I, I shortchanged it. I felt bad. Went back in, you know, played it for like forty-five minutes, and you know, Zen went up in the book. I, I, for, you, for you Zen Intergalactic Ninja fans out there, all twenty of you, I gave it a decent review. Gave it three and a half stars, you know, um, and then. Spoiler alert. Pre-orders might be somewhere time in October, I was going to say. That's what I'm leaning towards. So hopefully it shifts before the end of the year because people are asking me on Twitter. And, you know, it's it's hard to gauge because I have to finish putting it together while I do these other projects on the side. And then I have Portland. I have Retropalooza I'm going to be going to. Uh, I have this podcast thing that I have to put out because uh, i got to eat. Uh, Patreon stuff. And so anyway, that's all I'm going to whine about. My finger's still broken, but it's getting better. If I was a smart person, I wouldn't go to the gym while I have a broken finger and not lift stuff, but I'm stupid. Uh, speaking of stupidity, we're going to follow up on, uh, not only say controversial, but for some reason, when we brought up the fact that there was a guy who ordered Chrono Trigger from GameStop, put up a YouTube video, and then it showed clearly a fake label. Like, even from his turn-the-wrong-way cell phone camera, you can see it was a fake label. Yeah. And inside was Madden 95. So someone brought into GameStop near the New York area or Louisiana a fake counterfeit Chrono Trigger and then mailed it to this guy without checking to see it was the wrong game. So uh, he followed up via email to me because he he thanked us for posting the news about it. Um, and then we got so much conspiracy theorists saying, oh, this guy, this guy did it to get a free game. Why do you trust him? Which is funny because why would you trust GameStop? Right. My, the thing that's funniest <laughs> you know? to me is these people who are so quick to rush to the co- uh, a, a massive corporation's aid. Um, even I mean, it, this has nothing to do with you know. You don't even have to think that corporations are inherently evil, but you have a massive corporation that is getting back into something that they don't really know anything about anymore, and mistakes are made. I don't see how this is not a believable situation. Yeah, and we never said it was malicious from GameStop, dudes. We just said someone dropped the ball. Yeah, they weren't doing what they said they were doing. And the thing I wanted to point out, a lot of people's, like, I don't know if they're they're younger or if they're just not thinking, but, um, you know, GameStop came from Babbage's and software, etc. Okay. These are companies that sold cartridge-based games. And you know what? Shit like this happened when they sold cartridge-based games. You'd get a game with the wrong game in it. People would swap something out for something more desirable. Mm-hmm. It happened at rental stores all the fucking time. People would rent a Contra and take, like, a bases loaded and remove the chip and put it in and return the game. And it's just like, it's not... It, 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 it's It's... So far, well within the believable spectrum of things that could occur, it's, it's yeah. mind blowing that people are like the the first thing people think. Well, some people are thinking is that this guy's trying to get one over on yeah. GameStop. So some people are thinking like, well, he ordered a, a real Chrono Trigger, was sent a real Chrono Trigger, which again, if you look at the video, it's a fake label. You can tell. Yes. Um, so then he got out a Madden board, put it back in to send it back. So then we we're saying he then had a fake one made himself. To do this trick to get a, fr- it, it's just the most convoluted 
I hate to say it, it's borderline idiotic well, to, to, to think that this guy would go through this. Plus, because you are openly admitting to some sort of fraudulent activity, and then if GameStop kept records, they can say, whoa, 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 we have records that are signed here that this was tested at this date. Right. And plus, there's some mail fraud that could be involved if you try to, if you try to do something like this. The, the, the risk involved of opening yourself up to people looking in on you over an eighty or ninety dollar game to try to fake it is absolutely insane to me. To, well, to think that you would go through that to do it, first of all, and just like every insane theory, uh, they don't realize that oftentimes the simplest answer is the answer. You know what happened? A guy saw a GameStop or a girl saw a GameStop opening up retro trade-ins and said, "You know what? I can fuck him over real easy on this." Printed out a bullshit label, slapped it on a Madden for some trading credit, got some PS4 game or whatever the got hell some, they wanted, got a forty dollar credit or whatever, and walked out the door. I mean, it's 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 easy. It's the most reasonable answer. Or the other uh, theory that he was. Um, I'm try- it's hard to keep track of all the different theories. It is like the moon landing. You got to keep changing the theory. So the other the other the other theory <laughs> keep poking those keep poking those bad. So the, 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 the other theory is that it could have been that. It was never sent, and it was all fake. Well, he emailed me actually. This guy emailed me, right? And if this was a fake, it was a damn good one. Besides, he had the he had the the, the shipping form, he had the invoice yeah. in the box, but he also then sent me, I guess, uh, a close up of the uh, the scan barcode on the bag, where it says like you know at GameStop, you know, had the barcode. Could he have faked that? Yes, he could have. It would have been some decent effort to fake that too. But at this but, point, how, I mean, how I mean, much effort are you going to put into faking a bunch of materials and fabricating a story for eighty dollars for, for a free game for for literally eighty to ninety dollar value of a game? I'm not going to say that eighty. You're wasting. You're wasting. Your time isn't that valuable right. if this is how you're spending it. Yes, eighty dollars is not no amount of money. But if someone out there can see going out and buying a new game for full price and then picking up dinner on the way home, there's your eighty dollars. It's not like we're talking an unreasonable sum of money now. And I'm not saying that it would people would go through this effort for a more expensive game, but for an eighty dollar game, that's it's an insane amount of effort. So this is what ended up happening. And the details were that uh, after some finagling, going back and forth with GameStop, he sent it back. He had to pay, I think, his own shipping and, and a small restocking fee in the email. Um, so they're supposed lo- to pay his shipping, but they never sent him a label, and he said that he was not going to be able to get it back in time. You had like a seven. I think it was you had a seven day window to get it back to him. Otherwise, then. You know, you're out of luck, and you had a, you had a you had to pay your own shipping because they do that sometimes. They do that when like RMAs. I think it was just a return policy in general. But I mean, whatever. so so the guy actually ended up losing money on a game that was false. But fortunately, he was a member of a game forum, uh, and a nice guy actually sent him a a copy of the game uh, after seeing him go through that uh, with a with a it, I mean beat up but nice gesture too. I think it was with a box. Yeah. Oh, that was part of the conspiracy. He, he was <laughs> the he that guy was an idiot for sending him something. It was a it was a fake. Ruse that the guy put over on everyone. <laughs> Just relax, people. Just relax. GameStop screwed up. It's not the first time it could have happened. Did they check the okay. cartridge for thermite? <laughs> so what's going on with uh, Metal Gear Solid Five minus Kojima's name on it? So Phantom Pain's out. I'm yeah. happy. It's like the last game Konami's ever going to make. We're going to care about. I guess I don't know. I, you know, honestly, I wish I could play Phantom Pain. Uh, people have been saying some cool stuff about it. I've always admired the Metal Gear series from afar, but I just don't have the time to catch up on it. I played the first one and loved it. Um, the first solid. Anyways, um, so, you know, our DLC has now gotten to the point where it's 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 microtransactions. 
Uh, there's two online modes for Metal Gear Solid Five, and uh, you can flame me alive because I'll probably be a little inaccurate here since I'm not playing the game, but I've read up on it. There's two online game modes. There's Metal Gear Online, which is going to be more of the competitive online sort of thing. And then there's this other mode, uh, Forward Operating Base, which to me sounds like... So what it says is you can buy these coins, Mother Base coins, right? And you can create these bases, and it takes a certain amount of time for enhancements or for these bases to be built. Just like any, I like like a, a, a smartphone game, you know, where like you know you can tap to build these zoos or these Simpsons neighborhoods, and you can either wait six hours for the construction to be completed, or you can pay the coins now to get the to get all the perks up front. So that's like, what these like cor- a phone game. <laughs> exactly, <clears throat> that's what I'm saying. It's, it, it sounds like a phone type game. And you can take over other people's bases, and I think it gets you, uh, and nets you some stuff that you can use in the real game. Um, so what they've done, though, is they've started charging for coin packs that will let you um, do this, uh, you know, speed up the process. And I can't help but feel like this is where some of the, the, the initial friction between Kojima and, and, and Konami came around. Oh, you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm, of course, I, I really do. Um I'm not saying that Kojima, I, I don't know the guy, I'm not saying he would have been 100% against microtransactions. All I think he said in an interview, he wasn't fond of them. But this is Konami's business model. This is what Konami's wanted to be for two years, and this is the fruition of it. It's like, here's our last game, and please look forward to what you have coming to you on your mobile phones. And I think that that's that's what it is. Well, well, well part of, I guess, the, the I guess uh, frustration is that, the at least on this article from GameSpot, uh, there's a suggestion from a screenshot is that they they're going to put a cap on how many coins you can earn. Without oh yeah, you can, yeah. You can, I think they said 80, 80 a day so, by not playing. So that's like or, the that's like the need for, for by playing. So that's like the need for speed app where you can race, but then you can only you have to wait for the fuel to come back. So I have no problem if you want to like pay my my sort of if you want to pay for stuff to get it quicker, but. D- you got to have a way to get to keep the people who don't want to pay ha- keep some sort of even pace, even if it's by a lot more effort. You got to give them some chance, and this right. is, there's not a chance. You can make people grind, but to make people grind and to cap what they can grind on a daily basis, that's that to me is that, that that's fucked up. It's gross, as you would say. It's gross. It's fucking gross. So I mean, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot more to say, but I think it is kind of like sad and telling that here we have the last game, and it's like okay, microtransactions. Here, here's our real here. here here's our here's a send off, and this is what you have in store for at, the rest of the time. At you, least they're not you, pushing yeah. you to like download the Metal Gear Solid Phantom Pain like app game. And then do shit on that. Right, because the fucking the, because the app game is on the disc. It's not. <laughs> that, the, the mobile version of the is now there. <laughs> they did both. I always think it's funny how Phantom Pain to me always. I always think that when I hear the name Phantom Pain, it's like those people that get like leg amputations, but can still can feel pain in their, in their leg, even though it's not there anymore. Mm. Their brain still thinks it's there. Yeah, that's always. Is that Phantom Pain? Is that what it's called? Yes, that, that is what it's called. Does that have anything to do with the game at all? Who knows? I don't care about this game in the least. I'll Probably. just go on record as saying, but I just think it's funny. So Kojima somewhere is shaking his head saying, I told you so. This is what I was trying to prevent. Maybe or maybe not. No? Anyways, let's go on. <laughs> we, we don't care about Metal Gear Solid. Actually, like I said, I kind of do. Oh. But anyway. Ian cares about Metal Gear Solid. So all those carts got dug up in the uh, the desert, those ET carts. The desert. The desert. <laughs> and um, The desert of Alamogordo. And they all got... And the ones that they were initially going to sell have been sold... They're holding on to some others, but they raised 
hundred and eight thousand dollars. Really. And sixty five of that, sixty five thousand of that, I believe, is going to the city of uh, Alamogordo. Alamogordo, which is pretty awesome, actually. Seventeen thousand, almost a little over sixteen, is going to the Tularosa Basin Historical Society, and then uh, there was twenty six thousand dollars that were used to send the games to buyers around the U.S. and France and France, overseas, Brazil, Australia, Singapore, Canada, proving that there's people that will collect junk anywhere in the world. Yes, but what I like about this is that this these people's need to collect junk is helping the city. A city. That's fine. And That's- the guy who did the dig even said, you know, obviously the money is yours to do what you want to do with it. He's like, but I really don't want to see it go to sewer lines or, you know, something else boring like that. He's like, you know, he cuz the playground there's another well there's another there's another um, meeting that they're going to have and he said he's like I've got a few ideas if you might listen to it. He's I like, have I a great to- one. Huh. Reinvested another dig because this is like this is a you have gold sitting <laughs> in the ground. If they raise this much money, obviously we talked about this before. When is it going to be diminishing returns? The first ones are going to go for a lot, then less and less. I have but a feeling that's probably what happened. If, even the last ones, even if the last ones went for hundreds, dig up a thousand more and sell them for a hundred dollars each. Yeah, you get another hundred thousand dollars. Or what if they put they're holding on to some? What if they say, you know what, the city needs the city needs a new basketball court. And let's let's sell more of them. Well, the guy did say he's got. I think he's sitting on like two hundred and seventy of them. Yeah. And, and he said that he's going to hold out in case there's another movie or you know if, yeah. if something ET happens again. You know they'll sell them again and they'll put it. You know they'll do the I, same thing. They'll they'll put the money towards a good use any way they can. I have no problem with people spending money the way they want to on the stuff. But if you spent this as an investment, you're a fool. Especially since the, the, they have so many more that they can sell right now, or they can get another bulldozer. Dig up more. They only dug yeah. up whatever they said, whatever minute percentage. A very small sample. A minute percentage. Now, now there was some that was underneath like, that quote unquote that I guess that concrete layer that it's going to be very hard to get to that. But there was a lot above that layer that they didn't even touch. Yep. They probably didn't touch what five percent of these. You know, like it's a very small portion of these that are just sitting there. And you know what? Five years from now, they, you know what? The town needs money. We're running out. I think it's fantastic. We, it's like, it's we like they're sitting on an oil well. We need a new water treatment plant. We got to get some centipede carts out of the ground. <laughs> Let's do it. Those, we got we got slap it in a bag with a certificate, and we got collectors who'll pay a hundred. Those for that, idiot least. retro game collectors with way too much expendable income. They're gonna they're gonna buy these up. They're gonna eat it with a spoon. Um, yeah. So they were used again in the Xbox documentary that came out last summer. Um, and then yeah, there was Pac Man here, Miss Pac Man, uh, Pele Soccer. Not sure what Pele went for in, in comparison to others. Yards Revenge, Baseball, Centipede, Warlords, and of course, E.T., which was a, a chunk of them. Um, I'd have interest in this if it was like $30. I think I said this when we talked about, when we talked about it initially. Yeah, I, I said I would pay 35 bucks for like a Centipede cartridge. With a little certificate just saying, just, this was underground because we threw it out because it's trash. I like, really like Centipede. And I, that would be kind of amusing. And yeah, I'd, I'd pay $35 for that. I would not pay more than $35 for that. I wonder if people put these on their wall, if they had these framed shadow box. I wonder if a they dirty smell. Cartridge. You know what? A lot, of, a lot of these were sealed, so they probably kept the freshness locked in. Oh, okay. <laughs> for, kept the freshness locked in for 35 I've, years. I've wondered that since uh, day one. Is there an odor associated with these cartridges? I don't know. Most of them are in boxes still. There are not a lot of loose well, ones. You so. gotta, I mean, you got to think. It's not like they were like, mixing banana peels in, in with their, their, their cartridges. Just, I'm starving during this afternoon podcast. Even the fact you said banana peels made my mouth just water, which shows mm, how hungry I am. Like, banana <laughs> peels. I am hungry for a Pele soccer <laughs> underground next to chemicals and you know 19, 1983 Reese's Pieces wrappers. Mm. You know, hey, that's tie- that's that's good. That's a good tie in with ET there. 
I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that. I was just searching for some sort of some candy. candy. That you picked the right I, one. I, I cannot stop mentioning food. I'm starving. I'm hungry. Too. I got to reach for, for a candy someone gave us in the mail. Uh, so, okay. I'm going to say it's 50-50. More of these go on for sale. I'm going to say it's 80-20 that they're going to dig up more of these within the next six, seven years. I don't think That's it's what... 50-50. I think more will definitely go on sale. 90-10? That guy's, that, that guy's holding on to 270 for a reason. Whether or not they dig it up, mm, I don't know. He's thinking, oh, I got, I got $20,000 laying in a box here yeah. that I can get. Yeah, why not? What if he pockets something like... Puts him out of his own eBay account. He just does that. No? Black label ones, you know, sold out of a trench coat on the side. He comes to the, the swap meet and just starts selling them. Yeah. They don't believe him. All right. Um, so, there's a lot of follow-up today. And we're going to follow up on the Analog NT. For those of you who don't remember what the Analog NT was, it's a uh, Nintendo and Famicom in one. Uh, in a uh, one-piece machine-tooled uh, metal casing. Yep. Aluminum, yep. wasn't it? And uh, it did RGB out, and uh, initially it was going to give you the option to get an HDMI out converter. On the outside. On the outside. Um, four po- controller ports, so I think they're cannibalizing four scores, I think. I yeah, think. four controller ports. Otherwise, they're, they're somehow fasting it. These come from, quote-unquote, broken-down Famicoms. They pull the, uh, the chip out of the Famicom to do this. So... What you ended up with was a very expensive five hundred dollar plus. Uh, with with the HDMI, I think it was like five eighty about. Okay. You end up with a very nice looking system. It's gorgeous looking. I'm not. I'm not. I can't say anything about that. Um, but what you had is you have a NES for rich rich fans of the Nintendo. Now it, it does have a number of of uh, somewhat costly enhancements on it. Um, but you're still paying, uh, I think, a, a decent markup for yeah. look. If, if you if you want the video quality to be, you know, RGB, if you want an HDMI output to a TV, this isn't a bad way to go if you have the money. No, if you've got the money and you don't want to do the legwork, you're not exactly getting ripped off on this. So the price, while high, isn't the worst thing in the world. It's not so great is uh, small teams got to stop biting off more than they can chew. So we talked about this in May of 2014. I was so young then. Well, yeah. Man. I got pubes. Anyways. <laughs> uh, so we started talking about this in May 2014. There was supposed to be a ship date of September 2014. And people were uh, getting charged. You know, basically, you you you, char- you pre-ordered it and you got charged at the cart. It was off their website. Yeah, it was off their website. And uh, basically, people are getting their units now. And it's uh, September 2015. So. So a year almost after. It took them almost seven months, eight months, I think, to get a video of a thing even even working in action, not just a prototype of, unit. Um, of a production unit that actually worked. Yeah. I have two issues with it, despite the fact that some people seem to be pretty happy with it. Um, my, my issue is <laughs> simply just in the, the ethical nature of how it was handled. Um, so when you pre-order something... Whether it be a, a, a movie, music, book, a piece of tech through a normal route outside of a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo, you are under the assumption that you are pre-ordering something that can be manufactured and sold then. Especially when the date, especially if pre-orders open in May and the date for shipping is September. Sure. What we have been shown here is that I think this was more of a 
stealth Kickstarter sort of deal. I don't think there was anything in place to get this done. I I, I don't think there's any reason why it could it could be so late. I think. So when you say stealth Kickstarter, what what you mean is that they they, didn't, they did not have the funds to make the product until the pre-orders came. They out. took the pre-order money to fund the venture. Okay. And then start producing things, which is why we have ship dates that are now, uh, I mean, uh, over a year. A, a year and not everyone has their units yet either. No, no, no. They've just people have just started to get them, and they kept pushing it off. You know, I guess technically the first one was shipped in April, but that to me seems like a a a, a way to um, have them not have to say they're delaying it again by ha- okay, we shipped one, so we we made our we made our and, fifth ship. And date. we're talking about they sold. I think it was about five hundred that they sold out on the first. Batch. That I don't know, but yes, I, they did sell the first batch. I just don't know the numbers. Okay. Um, the other problem that people uh, are experiencing is this: they started using uh, uh, what? Well, what is assumed? I will just say assumed right now. They started using Kevtris's HDMI board uh, internally for those who ordered the HDMI upgrade. This is problematic for uh, one major reason: um, the HDMI upgrade was expensive, and there were a lot of people who wanted to get in on the ground floor of this because they liked the look of it. And the HDMI thing was supposed to be an external adapter, yes. meaning that they could buy their analog NT, and then at a later date, if they wanted to, they could purchase this external adapter. Well, they, on the fly, switched up all the designs, and now it's all internal. Now, I'm sure you could probably open it and do it, but this is this is, this is, this is eliminating the convenience that the people with the money for this product wanted from this product. They cannot any longer just tack a module and, onto the back. And this was never communicated no. to the people. So it, Further, yeah, they, may, maybe if they did that, they could have said, okay, whoever, whatever percentage ordered them without the HDMI, I'm guessing it's a smaller number maybe, I don't know, 20%, say, hey, listen, this is the situation. We're going to give you the option. If you want to spend to upgrade it, this is what's going to you know, just communicate with them to see if there's a way you can work it at out, least, or at least let them know that okay, things have changed. We're sorry about that. This just make sure you now know that this is your only chance to have it done officially through us. Sure. Otherwise, now you have to do a, a, maybe a more expensive uh, workaround, ship it off to somewhere else. This is, a, I'm not sure how it is, how easy it is to open this up. No, I have no idea. I, I, I don't a, know. Either. It's a machine piece of aluminum. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's just like crunched in there. I don't know. But the good news is that I guess some people, most people, are, I guess, are satisfied with this. That they've gotten, like they, they say that the RGB is too bright because there's no capacitors on it. Um, but other than that, people say that the picture is nice. And I mean, honestly, I, I, I mean, I would take issue if you if 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 you're an AV guy and you're buying this because you want the best possible picture, then why aren't you upset that your RGB is too bright? I don't know. I think a lot of people got this, and I mean, I like I said, I, I can't argue it. It's a gorgeous looking thing. I think a lot of people got this and they're like, damn, this looks nice on my entertainment center, but. Did you get what you paid for? You didn't get properly tuned RGB. You got sent a system that is slightly different than what it was said it was going to be. Um, I don't know how to feel about it. Like I said, I, I think that the analog uh, the analog guys do fantastic work when it comes to design. And a lot of their stuff, like their consoleized MVSs and stuff like that, look awesome. But this seems like one of those situations where uh, a small team got in over their head. Sure. Um I think a lot of times when you start business ventures with people, and this is probably, I don't know how big this group is that do all these, I want to say four or five max. It can't, it can't be more. Um, a lot of times you, you start with a good idea, and then the organization just isn't there. Or it, you get it over your head. 
and you realize, oh no, we were too high in the sky. Yeah, let, and then, let, you, let then, me, you, then you don't know how to react. Let me let that. me interject real quick. By no means do I necessarily think this was malicious. No, I just think that this was botched. Yeah, it, it just it wasn't handled probably as cleanly as it could have. Sure. They probably didn't have one person to say in the group, "Hey, listen, we should communicate these." issues now so people don't get pissed that it's taken us almost a year to ship these mm-hmm. even just saying oh this is delayed this is delayed this is delayed let's 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 have reasons behind the delay you have the people's money already in your pocket right so it's like you owe them to say this is what's going on with it that didn't happen i hate to say a lot of that sometimes is sometimes the people that are more technologically minded Sometimes, I hate to say it, don't know sort of the PR or social aspect when it comes to this stuff. You need a good mix of people in there maybe to do it. I'm not saying everyone there is are just techno people that just work on stuff all day, but someone obviously here didn't say what we were saying. you got to communicate this. Yeah. Just communicate it. Just some words to your customers it go, go a long way. I mean, I know this is different, but like even at work, if... You know, we get a particularly large volume of repairs or something coming in, and I'm I'm going to be running late, and my distributor doesn't have all the parts I need. I will call them up and be like, "Hey, we're running, you know, five days behind." It takes, you know, it, it's it, it, with email, it's easy. Like they have more customers, but it's just a here's your email list. Hey, everyone, this is what's going on. I did see someone. I don't know if this is true. I did saw murmurings about some games not playing like Castlevania 3 wasn't working on certain units but I, someone can maybe I, I don't know if that's true or I not I saw one complaint of compatibility but I I would love to believe that that's wrong simply because this is supposedly all done from straight up from Nintendo a Famicom. parts yeah, so there if, should be if it's a Famicom PPU yeah. and CPU you should play not only play every game but you should have the added in, you know, you audio you do have the edited in audio so there, so should, be should, be, zero, yeah. there should be zero compatibility issues if there are that's going to raise some questions uh, and then there are people some people who have said that and this would be annoying to, to, to hardcore collectors um, but it hasn't really been verified yet that the way the metal flaps are, um, there's some like sharper edges, and they've actually scratched or scuffed cartridges. <laughs> would it would it make me happy? Wouldn't kill me, but I know a lot of ah, people who it would destroy. I ain't putting expensive cartridges in there, <laughs> right? You, you know what I mean? Like, ooh, they, they could they they miscalculated by a millimeter or two. It sounds like, so, or maybe people. But, are, where, I, you know, I, can't, I mean, I didn't see it. I haven't seen proof of it. I've yeah, just, I've this just is alleged. Seen, I've seen Allegedly. people talking about it, so I don't. I'm yeah. not. Like I said, I'm not trying to throw them under the bus. No, here. no, no. Bringing it up. Allegedly. So I mean, yeah. And in the end, if if everyone gets these things and everyone's happy, then they look beautiful. Then the there's way. a happy ending to the story. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie. If I had money to fucking throw around, I'd probably get one. Just you think so? just cause. Use it for the marathon. And, well, I'd slap my I'd slap my EverDrive in the damn thing, which is the funny part. But it would look nice, you know. And it would it would more importantly, it would look really nice on my TV without needing a Frame Meister or an XRGB or something like that. I'm actually glad for a change that I don't care about. I'm not the one of these guys that has to have the top picture quality everywhere. I'm fine with the CRT. Otherwise, if I put money into this and waited a year, I would not be pleased. So I'm actually happy that. I don't care as much about how the game looks versus how it just plays. I just need a CRT too, but I mean, you know, I, I get one in the, the living garage. room. Yeah, the main the main uh, cabinet, you can get, take that one. <laughs> you can. I know. I have an. I have a CRT. I don't have anything comparable in the living room. Swami still have them all the time for like ten bucks, fifteen but I, bucks for what like I, twenty inch, fifteen inch. We're getting off topic. What I want is I want a PVM to put in my little corner with my synthesizer, so that like I can just do old school stuff and have it look nice in, okay. my, in my little room. And that's where we end the topic. Yes. So the FTC has come down on 
I always say Machinima. Machinima is, is one of the largest. I think it's in the top three YouTube networks. We spoke about this in past, in briefly, and I think in the fall, how in the UK, the UK's form of the FTC, which is the Federal Tr- Trade Commission, was starting to come down on YouTubers in the UK saying, okay. Basically what happened was there was a... In the lead-up to the release of the Xbox One, Microsoft offered um, machinima um, content creators the ability to do basically adverts for them um, in exchange for money. Supposed to be sponsored videos. Sponsored videos. With individual YouTubers on their network. And I I would point out that even though I don't love uh, big corporations... uh, Microsoft, looking at the rules and all that laid out, it's fine. They followed. They 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 covered their assets. What Machinima did was, uh, I think they blatantly told them not to acknowledge the fact that this was pay for play. And so what you had was was uh, a multiple weeks or a month worth of videos um, that were casting the uh, Xbox One in a supposedly fantastic so, and amazing light, but people were making $15,000 per video, some so of them, So what was happening was big YouTubers, and this happens now, this happens with mobile games, it happens <laughs> with indie games that YouTubers are paid money um, to play games or to give reviews, which is fine, as long as yeah. it's disclosed Just clearly that it's a sponsored video. Clearly. Somewhere in the description, somewhere in the title, that this is a sponsored Wear video. Wear a goddamn t-shirt that says, I am currently being sponsored while making this Not saying this video. you can't make money, but there's rules to follow yeah. to prevent stuff like this to happen where consumers are fooled thinking, oh, my favorite YouTuber loves the Xbox One. I'm going to buy one too. That's called deceptive advertising. And that's why uh, Federal Trade Commission exists, so that they pr- protect uh, the consumer base from this type of bullshit from happening. You can say, oh, buyer beware. Now, it's not exactly that, because when you look up to people or there's people out there that um, are advertising something and you're not sure about it, now it, we're talking about fraud. We're well, getting like, to some, a fraudulent activity. Let's say there's yeah. a movie reviewer that you feel like you really click with, and then yeah. all of a sudden you start going to see a couple movies this person's recommending, and you're like, wait a second, this sucks, and it's nothing like what they said. It, it's the same sort of deal. You, you build up the, these trusting relationships, and... You, you you take their opinions because you you think their opinions are similar to yours. So these are, these are called influence influences you, you usually for things like that. You're an influencer to this market of a product that sure. we're buying. So um, so they weren't YouTubers didn't adequately adequately disclose what they were promoting. So usually when you when you get th- these how this works is um, a lot of times they have to be pre approved by by the final company, but a lot of times they don't care as much about it as long as they'll say clearly though. They'll say clearly, you have to say this video was sponsored by this. Yeah. They, they say that because these big companies don't want to get in trouble that are dishing out hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, for this. So you're saying that uh, they told the YouTubers not to do that? Not not to put well, that I in seem, the video? I'm sorry. I seem to remember from the previous time we covered it that the big problem was that Machinima had sent out an email that basically had said that they weren't supposed to talk about it. Uh, or at least, or at least, Machinima is required at least to tell their YouTubers um, that, ha- that the sponsorship is clearly disclosed. Right. So maybe they, maybe they failed to do that. Maybe they failed to say, this is, these are the rules, this is what you have to do. Be- because uh, the legit ones nowadays make sure that that is said clearly. Um, but here's what I'm going to say here. Uh, this ain't all on Machinima. I'm putting this also on, on some individual YouTubers oh, yes. that should know better. Or should have 
they should know better. Ethics. They should know better that I'm if I'm paying if I'm getting paid fifteen thousand. You're not you're not a, you're not a small YouTuber, by the way. No, so, um, you have you have a large fan base. If you're getting paid fifteen thousand to do a, a, sh- a shill review, um, you have to at some point say I should disclose this because they're going to be. I can have hundreds of my fans, if not thousands, going uh, buying this product because I'm saying it, and they don't realize I'm getting paid for it, regardless of what, what if their review is positive, if if they're paid or not. That's regardless of that. It's an ethical situation, as we just said. Well, I can't find anything that that's linking back to what we discussed the first time, but I was under the impression that it was a fairly fairly well worded thing to. Uh Oh, you can read the full complaint yeah. against it. So this this goes back to probably Machinima not disclosing it, the YouTubers not putting it on there, and no one following up, no one at Machinima looking at all these videos on YouTube and saying, whoa, whoa, we can't have these published because it's not there. So this was like, the safety that should be in place anyway wasn't there. Right. Uh, we, we spoke about this before where there's a lot, this happens all the time now with YouTubers. A YouTuber can get, can get paid six, $7,000 to do a five-minute playthrough on a mobile uh-huh. phone app. Again, if they disclose it, that's absolutely fine. I don't have a problem with that. I'm not hating on how you're making money. But you gotta disclose it. You gotta eat. I disclose my, my Loot Crate unboxing. I say it's paid for. This has been sponsored by Loot Crate. I, I have to say that. Otherwise, I'm not just, you know, shilling for the heck of it. You know, I do like Loot Crate. <laughs> I'm, I just bit my lip so hard. Why? Well, because, I mean, sometimes I about say About my things. loot crate? No, 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 no. About, about a YouTuber I, uh, getting paid money to do a video? And then complaining about it? Yeah. Oh, Anyways, well. whatever. Well, that's... Some YouTubers don't know how good they got it. With, no, they really with don't. playing shitty mobile oh, games for don't. five minutes. Oh, my God, I have to do four hours of the work for $7,000. My life is fucking awful. Woe is me. Anyway. Um, so, I, I, I wish I had that. But anyway, um, so... This goes back to, I always bring up the infamous, might have been two years ago too, on the 360 when they did that summer of summer of Microsoft Xbox Live fun, and you had, uh, this was on Polaris though, uh, maybe it was GameStation at the time, playing a week of playing shitty uh, download games like that awful Ninja Turtles game. <laughs> and you have them on a couch like, oh, today we're playing Ninja Turtles, and it's like, you didn't get up in the middle of your August summer and say, I want to play a shitty Ninja Turtles Xbox game. Right. Just because you gotten paid for it, mm-hmm. you know you're getting money for it. You know that's all. I'm not again. I'm not trying to hate. Just saying you gotta disclose this to, to the common man because a lot of people are dumb. Don't realize when they're watching something may not be the truth. Uh, so speaking of people that are pissed off, I'm not pissed off. Actually, he's not pissed off. Me? I'm not pissed off. You? No, you're you're surly. So I'm in a pretty good mood today. Okay. Well, all right. Well, then you should get fish tackles with me later. Mm. We don't we don't have fun time, Ian and I. Um. So Jimmy Kimmel responded to the start of YouTube Gaming. We reported on it. Jimmy Kimmel has a very good late night talk show. I like Jimmy Kimmel. I like him a lot. We're basically best friends with Jimmy Kimmel. He's not. He's he, he name dropping. We hung out a few years ago. I don't know. We played. Ooh, that party was insane. He like he likes the thirty two X. Who would have thought? <laughs> um, so the, during his monologue, he did an innocuous like two minute little jokey video about the launch of, of, of YouTube And why gaming. the fuck do people watch Let's Players? Ba- basically, it came down to not understanding the Let's Play market. Sure. And so it was a fake commercial like, now coming to YouTube, you can watch gamers playing games. But coming soon, you can watch gamers watching gamers watching people playing games. So it, it kept pancaking where you had a guy watching a guy watching something else. And it was just a silly sort of video where, oh, it's laughing, you're making fun of Let's Plays. Right. I've made fun of Let's Plays before. We South Park's that. made fun of Let's Plays before. So apparently, 
YouTube and people like games didn't really like that and gave just the most vitriolic responses and th- it was like 90% thumbs down to the video. Well, and it, I thought, I thought it, it was entertaining just because Jimmy Kimmel then responded a few days later saying, oh, I've gotten all this hatred and then ran through the list of all the hatred he got and some of like, you know, people threatening violence against him. Against him. Some were actually funny, he admitted. But okay, he admitted it, some were funny, but some, I mean, were threatened, threatened violence against him. Some told him to kill himself. And what he even said on a more serious note was, he's like, you'd be surprised at how much of this was aimed at my wife and kids. Sure. And I, I hate, I mean... Everyone bitches about, like, so many video game players bitch about how they're cast in a poor light. Here's an idea. Why not, how how about we don't fly off the fucking deep end every single time someone says something about our hobby that is even remotely joking or negative? I mean, it's innocuous. The guy doesn't understand games that much. He certainly doesn't understand Let's Plays. I play video games and I don't really understand Let's Plays. I mean, it's just, it's stupid and... You know, this is a, a this is mimicking something I read in an article uh, elsewhere. But you know, they made a good point. Um, he's a comedian by trade, right? Okay, this is what he does. He pokes fun at shit every night, politics, religion, sex, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was the reaction from video gamers that 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 was so intense that he felt the need to address it again on his show. Yeah, he's actually had he's actually upset people enough to actually march in front of his studio. Like he's actually upset people on a much smaller scale. Here's the thing, though: he put the video on YouTube. If he didn't, no one would have watched it because a lot of people on YouTube don't watch TV, especially late night. Puts it on YouTube. YouTube is a big chunk of its gaming. Obviously, YouTube gaming. There, there's a spinoff site. There's no spinoff site for cars. There's no spinoff site for political talk on YouTube for gaming. Yes, it's a huge chunk. But there are people who. <laughs> who are very much into politics, who will watch his show every night, and they will probably not th- agree with him, and he probably does not get the same sort of well, betrayal that's, hatred. But that's another point about <laughs> it's the audience. I hate to say That's it. what I'm saying, yes. Gamers ha- have a bad rap, and a lot of it's deserved. It's because yeah. you act oh, yeah. like fucking babies. Yeah, well, I, you know, it comes down to individuals being bad. Yeah. Now, if you look at some... I did look at some of the responses, and some were trying to... Which I thought was actually cute, trying to explain why Let's Plays were so good. And it's like, okay, you have a big comment. Maybe you have YouTube fans. It gets, it gets, you actually get to shine a light on your channel by leaving a comment because people can read it. Gets thumbed up, whatever. Um, people are trying to say, well, you watch sports, we watch esports. It's you know, it's the same thing. I'm not going to get into why that's kind of silly to say something like that, but whatever. The whole point is that um, you're yelling at a guy who doesn't give a shit, right? To begin with, he's getting more material for this. He's his. He gets most of his views off a different audience that aren't watching gaming on YouTube. His audience are watching on TV, or maybe they're fans like Conan O'Brien watching clips like that. But he's being himself. He's not pandering. He's a comedian. He's just he's just going with what he thinks is funny. And you're attacking him like a fucking baby. Yes. That's like what a, it comes down to. Like a spoiled, rotten is you, shit. Are you, are you at the point now, I consider myself uh, a gamer in some respects, but that that's not my identity. I think it's a problem with whether it's uh, identity in in politics or in your hobby, is that you can more easily get offended when stuff like this happens. Because to you, that's your entire world. I am a gamer. You are insulting my world. You're insulting me. 
this is all I have to stake my existence on. And that's a very dangerous place to go, but unfortunately, that's where a lot of people are with their hobbies, where they're just so singularly, singularly minded on what they do, and identifying it with who they are being that, and that's it. And this is the result, though. People don't know yeah. how to handle it. Well, people will chime in, I'm sure, and I, I mean, I'm just, it's because I'm, it's off the cuff, but I, I'm hard-pressed to think of a hobby, because that's what gaming is. It's a hobby. I'm hard-pressed to think of a hobby that is so treated like a lifestyle, which is yes. why I feel like uh, the reaction gets as strong as it is, because these people spend their entire lives embroiled in the, or entrenched in this hobby, and they feel like their very life is being attacked, and it's not. Yeah, I don't see this happening with sports fans, guys that are like hardcore. I don't see this happening. I, I don't see them reacting the same way as a gamer would. I just don't. No. I, I don't. I, maybe, and, and there are lots of sports fans that will adopt sports. Like uh, they'll, they, they will be as into sports as people will be in the games. But I, I just, I don't know how to say it. I to, to phrase it properly. But it's, it's, it's all too very personal. And I almost feel like there's a lot of gamers who want to be upset. There's this persecution complex that I don't feel like has existed since the late '90s. Well, I think in general, there's, there's sort of this victim persecution uh, complex that social media has encouraged. This could be a side effect of it. But in general, gamers are the most pleasant in their interaction You know, in online games. Not saying all, but they're not known to be pleasant with each other to begin with. So why would they be pleasant whether they're discussing uh, PS4 sucks, Xbox One is better, whether they're discussing uh, you, you know, you suck at this game, I'm better while you're playing. That's the worst trash talk ever. And, and, and chat. But you see what I mean though? A lot of gaming is competitive by nature, but then it's an ugly side of the competitiveness and maybe that comes out in social interaction on top of that. Right. I'm just going to throw this out there though. I applaud Jimmy Kimmel for not pretending he likes this because he could more easily have gotten, if he threw his integrity into the dirt, gotten way more fans yeah. by saying, oh, I like this. Someone like Conan O'Brien really, in my eyes, took a big hit. Now Conan O'Brien does a lot of video game stuff. He's playing with developers. Conan O'Brien doesn't give a shit about these games. Yeah, he was never a gamer. He, it's very convenient that all of a sudden he starts doing uh, game videos the past couple of years uh, with publishers like, like uh, you know, he starts playing Mortal Kombat with guys in the NFL. All, all I can all say I'm is, is this. I don't, I, I don't know these guys personally. I don't know what they do in their free time. I do agree with you that if Jimmy Kimmel does not like it or does not understand it, which is obviously he doesn't, he is not faking it. But I, I, on, on the other side of the coin, I cannot say that Conan is faking it. He's got it. a lot more balls to, in order to say, you know what, I don't understand it, and I'm going to trash it for a joke. And you know what? The joke was funny. But what so. if Conan actually likes games? Does he have no balls because he likes games and he's doing something that's popular if right you, now? If you like the games, he, he should have been doing this for the past eight, nine, ten years, and not only because it's popular on YouTube now. That's all I'm saying. He's well, trying to, get, you know, you don't, you don't, he's the only guy doing it. You, you don't, you don't see. I don't watch this shit either way. I'm just saying, I, I, I don't, I can't state to know these people personally. But yes, I agree. I don't like you. Conan, but I just think it's kind of cheesy that he's doing that now. I, 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 just I do, I do admit that Kimmel, uh, you know, took the harder path there. Oh yeah, he always does. Though he, he, he back when it was a Conan versus Leno thing. Oh, Kimmel gave Leno so much shit, like oh, the yeah. most out of all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, he he gave more than Conan did. He, he gave him more than than even uh, Letterman was giving. Oh, he was pretty. Kimmel was v- vicious, going over the throat. Was, yeah, brutal. it was fantastic. So all right, so it's calm down. Some 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 guy who's you know doesn't care about what you're doing anyway in your hobby. You know, making a joke about it. It's just calm down. Yeah, how's it affecting you? It's not taking away your video games. There seems, I mean... You're not less of a person. (laughs) Whether I'm not even going to go by name, but any 
any video game controversy in the past, um, like, two, three years, it always seems to boil down to these people thinking that their video games are going to go away or something's going to change. You know what? Nothing's going to fucking change. You're going to get your video games. Jimmy Kimmel's opinion of Let's Plays does not change the fact that next week you can go out and buy Metal Gear Solid. You can still waste, your, last week, you can still waste your entire weekend playing games if you want to. You can do it. Yeah, it's okay. You don't have to see the sunshine anymore. Sunshine on my shoulder makes me happy. What's next? So, Capcom. Capcom is doing a Resident Evil Origins collection because what's Capcom got to do right now? Pump out collections. <coughs> I will say... I, uh, I I have the Mega Man uh, Legacy Collection, and I'm I'm loving the hell out of it. They're really really great, um, really well presented, and all that stuff. But so this is just funny to me because all right, so they're doing a version, they're doing a remake of Resident Evil Zero, um, and they're doing a remake of Resident Evil Two, and uh, there's already a remake of Resident Evil One, and they HDified that for uh, uh, a download release recently. So what they're doing is, is now they're doing this Resident Evil uh, 0 remake, but they're going to bundle it with the Resident Evil 1 remake and charge you $30 for it so that if you don't have this remake one of the two other times it's been released, you can get the new remake with this old remake for $30 as opposed to paying $20 each for them digitally. So it's just, it, it's, this, it's this fun set package of, let's just, oh. Capcom just keeps repackaging and repackaging and repackaging and repackaging. And I wouldn't be surprised if when the Resident Evil 2 HD uh, you know, remake comes out down the line, they won't find another way to package it all back up again together. Um, <clears throat> I think it's kind of cool because these are games, but in a way I do think it's cool because these are games that people really, really like and they have an attachment to. And the Resident Evil 1 um, remake, which is now in HD, it came out on the GameCube, now you can get it for download. Um, it's taking games that had very old, clunky mechanics and making them work better and freshening them up. And I'm actually all for that because you need to be able to take these stories that people love and admit that you were working with a limited set of technology at the time and that you could do it better and then hopefully you actually do it better and you put it out and more people get to enjoy your game. I'm okay with that. It's just funny to me how many different ways they will configure this shit to well, get yeah. it out to you. Well, sure. As much as they can possibly get away with it. Yeah. I mean, that's the answer. Yeah. Uh, um, so they had... See, I didn't know they did the original Resident Evil HD remaster earlier in the year. I had no idea. Well, it, so it came out on GameCube first. When... when, when I, it, I, knew they had it, I knew they had it remastered on GameCube. Yeah, so it's the same one, but they, they cleaned it up. Okay, they made it a little... And it's, it's, it's well-regarded. It's a very well-regarded uh, you know, remake, remaster of the game. So now they're doing the Origins one, which is... Zero, well, now they're doing Zero... Uh, what, is, what is the Zero series? I, I, that I have no idea. Zero started on the or Zero is one entry. It's on the GameCube. It's a prequel, and, prequel and there's a lot of uh, puzzle solving because you can switch between two characters that are on different parts of this train that you're on. Okay. Uh, there's a. Uh, I, I'm not real familiar with Resident Evil. That's more Vonnie's thing. But uh, uh, there's a there's a, a woman, and then there's a guy who looks like Billy Ray Cyrus, and those are the two characters. Wesker? That, no, no, no. But, but Wesker is being added into this uh, Resident Evil Zero uh, remaster. But no, no, Billy Ray. No, this guy just straight up looks like Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> According to this article, uh, they're actually going to do a 360 PS3 ports of Resident Evil Zero HD remaster. Wow, so. they are. Uh, they, but I think not dead said, yet. But I think it said that they will probably not offer them separately as downloads. So you either get the pack or you don't. I think it's how cute how 
quickly they're trying to shuffle away the last generation. They're not even two years old, these systems yet. And you're like, get, right, no, PS3 doesn't exist anymore. There's no, no new games for that anymore. You got one year of, of games after it came out that you're not getting a second We've year. We've had this. I don't, yeah. I don't mind. We've I, had I this think discussion. I think it's funny just because the technological leap is just like a, a half step. It's not even a half step. It's like a, eh. You know, but so. I think that's almost why they're doing it so quickly is because okay, the technology isn't the huge jump, but we need games to make people to buy this. So yeah, we talked about that with the Rare Replay pack out. Yeah, Xbox One exclusive silly, but they want people to have a reason for buying the, the freaking. Right, system. you could have put that on a 360, and it would have been just fine. You could have <laughs> put that on Xbox original. <laughs> you could you could have done that. This was kind of surprising to see that uh, Mega Man. The movie rights has been secured by 20th Century Fox. What? Fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> Out of all the studios to get it, right? Yeah, right. I mean, I have no faith in Fox, but, um, you know, my initial impression right off the bat is that's live action. And I cannot think of a video game that is less, less suited for live action than yes. Mega Man. I, I, I hesitated because Mario is pretty high up there and that was done, but um, Mega Man is all about this cute little robot guy running around, killing other cute little robots and getting their weapons and running and jumping through fantastical stages and there's a paper-thin storyline that ties it all together about love and friendship and companionship and I, I mean, you. I mean, you can totally do this as like a cartoon movie, but live action, n- this isn't yeah. going to hit. The, the, it's just not going to feel right at all. Does Fox even have an animation division anymore that does I stuff? I don't believe so. No. There's always there's always like those three or four crappy uh, movies that come at each other animated that always do horribly. There was like a Little Red Riding Hood, <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood one that came out like a couple years ago that I bombed know. miserably because it looked like it was done in someone's computer. You know, like it wasn't even like well done. <laughs> so I mean, you have like Disney does their stuff, Pixar does their stuff. There's probably one or two other animation studios. I don't remember a Fox doing a decent animated movie off the top of my head in a while. Not some a while, of, some no. of the comments could 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 uh, could focus me on where, what I should be thinking about there. But the problem with this is that they have not proven they can adapt properties that are well beloved. Obviously, no X Men was went from good to awful to now it's somewhat decent again. Right, and that's all a fluke as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and then because then, they fucked up Elektra. Daredevil wasn't that good, uh, you know. Um, then obviously, Fantastic Four is, is in. If there's a word, irreparable shambles, ruins. Is there a word below ruins that we could <laughs> say? Is it catacombs? Almogordo landfill yeah. <laughs> is where Fantastic Four is. So, so here's the other problem: to do this movie is going to cost money if it's live action. Uh, I'm picturing close thing in my head. I can picture the Wachowski brothers doing uh, Speed Racer. Racer. It would have to be Speed Racer style. Like, where it's, like, 90% CG, like, backgrounds the and stuff. Enti- I mean, you, you look know. at a Mega Man level, The I mean, you look at the world that they, they created for this character, the entire thing is going to have to be CG. You, you can't build sets for... The, you know what I mean? It'd be hard to build sets for this, because that's not the world... Made. It would be awesome, but, I mean, yeah, it would be nearly impossible. I can't... It'd be awesome if they could, if they could do, like... Sort of Star Wars style droids as the you know as the enemies like the hard hats and everything like, <laughs> like that would be cool but I'm sure you could do that a little bit but the the amount of money to do a Mega Man movie we're talking over a hundred million easily. I bet if they go grim dark and get fucking Snyder in here to you know direct <laughs> it and it's all about how he hates. You women. get an emo guy to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a man anymore. No, I am a man. I'm more than a man. I don't know. It, it's silly. This guy with blue jeans and a denim jacket and a gun. No, the arm gun, the gun yeah. happens to kind of go over like the wrist a little bit, right. but it can slip it on and off. 
Dr. Light locked this gun to my hand, said I would always need it on me. All right. I don't know. It would roll be some hottie with, like, a bikini top. That's you know? horrifying to think about. <laughs> Rolls, like, five. Um, so, yeah, that's that's just, I mean, let, oh, you know what? Why don't we just talk about something else that's fucking ridiculous and talk about how Ubisoft is going to open a motherfucking theme park in Malaysia in 2020? I don't. First of all, I'm just surprised because for for it to, for Malaysia to be the target, first of all, it's kind of weird for Ubisoft. As well, Ubisoft's a French company, correct? Yes. What did you put in France then, or the U.S., where a lot of people play Assassin's Creed? What do you have, Rayman? You have Assassin's Creed. You have Rayman. You have Raving Rabbids. You have Far Cry. What else are you putting in Ubisoft theme park that people want to see? I want to see a historic hall that documents their beginnings as bootleggers and modders of PC Engine consoles in France, because that's how they got their start. Oh, okay. They were they were they were a gray market distributor of uh, PC Engine consoles and games. Uh, that's the coolest thing about Ubisoft. Well, the vice president Jean de Rivier, uh, senior vice president of Ubisoft. Uh, motion pictures. I, I guess you're going to try to plan motion pictures for us. Well, wow. oh, so uh, Carp- Prince of Persia. Uh, yeah, okay, that was already what five years ago. No, I'm just saying. Come out. No, I'm sorry. I'm just blurting out another property. Was, they, but what was that? Have. But that was that Ubisoft motion pictures, or that someone just bought the rights to do Prince of Persia? That was already five years old, wasn't that movie? I don't know. It doesn't Jake matter. Yonhal? This is this is a ridiculous concept. How are we even going? I mean. Video games are fleeting. Are you telling me that Assassin's Creed is going to be a draw for people to fly to fucking Malaysia in 2020? <laughs> That's five goddamn years away. Malaysia's not really in my top ten places to visit in the world anyway. I'm trying to think if this would sort of nudge people over the top. Maybe in France. You go to Malaysia. There's always those countries like... There's always countries you don't expect that you get a lot of tourists. You know what I mean? Like, like, like a lot of people come to San Diego from countries you wouldn't expect. Like, oh, why would you come to San Diego? Because their country doesn't have what San Diego has to offer. Maybe Malaysia has stuff that... People in Germany want to, you know, go visit, and Ubisoft is there. I mean, I'm just interested to know that are they putting the cart before the horse? Maybe they, I, they are doing an Assassin's Creed movie. They are doing that. That's sure. going to come out, great, uh, supposedly. Awesome. So maybe they're banking on. Okay, we're going to have a, a big like Marvel. Maybe it's like having a Marvel theme park, but it's an Ubisoft universe. So they're doing this based because so they released a dark ride, and if you don't know what a dark ride is, I love dark rides. There's no too. light. Dark rides? No, there is. Um, I used to call them diorama rides. They're the rides that you sit on and you go through. Like a lot of Disneyland and Disney World rides are diorama or, or dark rides, where you sit in the car and you go through and you see things happen and you come out the other end. It's a small world, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, that those are dark rides. Okay, Pirates is a classic example. So they put a uh, Rayman Raving Rabbids uh, dark ride into some French theme park uh, called uh, Futuroscope, and apparently it's exo- it's enjoyed some success. So they've decided. Fuck it! We're gonna make our own theme park in Malaysia. Let's do it. We've got. Let's go. We've got the money. Let's do this. It'd be nice to see it. I'm trying to think if 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 ever in the history of the world a a video game company could have been destroyed by opening a theme park that failed by their own hubris. <laughs> now you got you got a chance to see it starting 2020. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know what else to say about this. It's... Uh, unless they're putting out movies. I mean, Marvel did a touring sort of uh, not even theme park but a touring sort of attraction if Marvel can't but that's Marvel right. and Disney yeah I don't know if Marvel could put out their own theme park in the middle that's like us saying okay we're gonna in Alaska we're gonna put out a Marvel theme park and have people fly to it you know 
Now, I'm sure Malaysia, I'm sure there's tons of nice spots in Malaysia. I'm, I'm just not familiar. But I'm just saying, out of all the countries to pick, uh, to pick Malaysia to do it, and then we're talking a f- Marvel is huge and Disney. Ubisoft, while big, comparatively to the rest of the world, is not. So we're, we're, this is a big gambit they're going to do, that they can put these properties in work. Oh, oh one of the, well, another property that they're going to base uh, the theme park rides on is Just Dance. So that should be great. Because, man, if there are some identifiable characters in a game, it's Just Dance. It's Just Dance. Isn't, isn't the game a theme park ride to begin with? Yeah, and I like Just Dance. I don't. I like Just Dance, the original dancing yeah, game well, that doesn't require a pad. You know? This is just some nonsense. Uh, every 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 guest will be a player. Okay, I, that means nothing. That sounds almost dirty. Oh, choke on your own farts, Ubisoft. Steven Spielberg was interviewed recently. Uh, he has a lot of movies coming out. Steven Spielberg always has. He's still working hard. He's got to be close to seventy by now. He's always still doesn't look a day over sixty though. He's still, but he's he has a movie come out. He directs a movie almost one a year. Sometimes more than one a year. He has come out at his age is incredible. And plus, he's always producing four or five other movies. I was gonna say he's always producing. That's what I always noticed. But at least one movie a year, he he directs just about, if not more. For 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 a, a, a guy of his caliber is tough, especially at his age. So he was promoting. Uh, Cold World fil- film Bridge of Spies starring Tom Hanks and um, it's great when they work together uh, Tom Hanks and, and uh, Spielberg um, what was the one that he did with Tom Hanks before he's done, he's done a lot with Tom Hanks he's Saving Private Ryan mm-hmm. uh, he's the one uh, Catch Me If You Can that's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. I think it's a really uh, good movie he did the one where uh, Tom Hanks is, is stuck he's, 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 uh, uh, he's a foreigner stuck in an airport and he can't, can't leave it that one was a little more shaky. Supposedly, those reviews didn't see that one. Yeah, but he's back for this one, a uh, little bit more serious movie. And so he was asked about asked about superhero movies. What do you think about the genre? What it's doing? And he said, "We were around when the western died, and there will be a time when the superhero movie goes the way of the western. Doesn't mean there won't be another occasion where the western comes back and the superhero movie someday returns. Of course, right now the superhero movie is alive and thriving. I'm always saying that these cycles have a finite time in popular culture." There will come a day when the myth- myth- mytho- mythological stories are supplanted by some other genre that possibly some young filmmaker is just thinking about discovering for all of us. I think, so, it's funny because right after that, like, in that article, someone's like, harsh words from Spielberg. It's like, no, those aren't actually harsh <laughs> words at all. I actually agree with, I actually pretty much agree 100% with what he's saying. Um, the Westerns were saturated. They did what they could with them and people moved on. And you still get the Western and the Western might come back. But we are... I like superhero movies. I love them. I read comic books. But we are looking at another six years of very tightly packed schedules with tons of superhero movies, both DC and Marvel. DC jumping in, doing two or three movies a year. Marvel's doing two or three years. Hell, I want to count all the other fantastical, quote-unquote, movies. Like, you're going to get two Star Wars movies a year on top of that. You're going to have a ton of these movies that all have the same audience. All are these fantastical uh, stories with superhero type uh, people in them, whether they're Jedi or, or, or Cape Crusaders. You know, that's a lot of audience to take in and absorb, and they got to rest at some point. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, it's, it's just that's how it's. I, I don't like I said. I don't think that's harsh. I think that's just the cycle of. It's a cycle. Uh, it's a cycle of trend too. I mean, and plus, you got to remember is that these huge superhero movies aren't being buoyed by or buoyed by comic book readers. They're by casual people on the street. They're like, oh, 
I want I, Iron Man. I'll give it a shit chance. Oh, now, oh, Captain America. I kind of remember that. Oh, Avengers has them all. If these disappeared, it's not like their worlds would be shattered. They would just go to something else. Yes, exactly. And that's not to say that Marvel's not going to still be pumping out good movies until we're dead, because they probably will at this point. But the interest will wane, and when the interest wanes, the fringe ones will disappear first. So right now, you can get a Deadpool movie, and you might have an audience for that. But as people are saying, five, ten years from now, you probably won't have that. Right. Right yeah. now, you can get yourself your Doctor Strange movie. Ten years, you would never get it. You know, um, I, I'm sure at some point there will be a reboot to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it will be significantly more pared down with fewer releases. Could I, be. It's just, I mean, I don't know that they'll necessarily disappear, but I understand yeah. the basic idea of the question. Yes, it's going to wane in popularity. Yeah. Spielberg was off on Westerns in this respect. With the Western... The, the vast majority of the Westerns were made-up characters that weren't there before. Um, whether it's Rawhide, Rawhide Kid, uh, Gunsmoke, I'll throw, in, I'll throw in series two because a, a big chunk of the uh, TV series in the 50s going into the even mid-60s were a lot of these were Westerns. Yes. So you have a lot of these that um, my dad loved, uh, Gunsmoke, that's another one. That, one uh, that lasted forever and it was like an independent ha- story each episode. Too. Have Gun Will Travel. Was one that was on for like three, four years. That's a cool one. Uh, that's the one my dad liked. It was that one? There's a board game with that. Um, so you had a lot of these um, that were yeah, there's cool to watch them. Oh, Clint Eastwood gets his start on this one, you know. And, oh, this actor gets his start, and they move on on their stuff. Uh, they were cheap to produce westerns. That that's one of the reasons why they lasted that long. They reused a lot of the same sets. Were out there western sets. You see the same western set, and any in, the, in eight movies that came out in five years, you probably see the same exact town being used maybe dressed a little <laughs> differently and they were cheap to do westerns yeah you get you get the outfits we have them in the in the stores you get the guns you get a couple of horses there's your western it's right there you don't need elaborate effects you don't need sets you just need blanks in your gun so that's one of the reasons they lasted with superhero movies you are creating different worlds though you are creating you know an ant-man movie at this point is far different than a batman movie um so it may be strung out a little bit longer than the westerns maybe 15 years i don't know I'm trying to think think as I, as I go here. Uh, but I will say this, though. Speaking of Ant-Man, I didn't feel the need to see Ant-Man within the first couple of weeks when it came out. No. I haven't so seen it yet. So I... it's only been... These Marvel movies have only been out for seven years now. It's yeah. only been seven years. Um, and we're talking... What is that? About 16 movies? Something like that? Something like that. Ball, 15 movies? Something like that? Sure. And already, I'm like, okay, I don't feel the need to see this one well, right away. I... Or maybe I'll, I'll wait a little bit to see what the reviews are. We're entering the expanded universe, and there are going to be expanded universe movies like... I, I'm, I mean, I'm just making that term up, but... The Ant-Man, B character, C Ant-Man, characters. I want to see it, but, you know, Vonnie and I will try to see it this week before it leaves theaters. Um, uh, Doctor Strange, I will try to go see that first week, because I love Doctor Strange. But, yeah, there's a lot of these where I'm going to be like, I can take a pass maybe entirely, or I can definitely yeah. wait until stuff calms down. It's not, and It's not a lack of interest for me, it's just that... Now we have so many options when it comes to them that mm-hmm. I don't have to go to everyone. Plus, you have all these great DCs doing well with their TV series. You have Marvel doing their Netflix thing. You can get your superhero fix anywhere now. Yeah. Daredevil Season 2 is already going to come out. What, there's these straight? things called comic books. No one's reading it, but there's things called comic books that, you know, they're. People read more comic com- books now than ever. It's still a loss leader, though, for the most part. Versus the, the huge movies, you know. It's like, oh, by the way, we have these comics that are... These guys in, in these movies that are making us millions of dollars. By the way, we have these comics you can read, too. They're cute. They're like little party That's why it's called parties. a comic book movie? Mm. Mm. <laughs> All right. 
Um, where are we? Q&A time? We're at Q&A. Q&A time on the CU Podcast at Daniel Zwan. Uh, is trading retro games a viable way to decrease the price of a certain game due to less demand? It's a good question. I'm not sure. I, I, I think... <clears throat> I think that the more trading exists, I think there's a, a greater potential for the monetary value of the game to be viewed as less. And I think one reason is is if you're trading, especially with friends, and you're literally trading, mm-hmm. they have something that you want, and they you have things that they want, and someone in that trade is going to get a way better deal than the other person. Maybe. But, you Well, not always, but but oftentimes, because if you want something, you're willing to let something go for, um... How should I put it? Less than what you can get on eBay. Yeah, less than what you can get it for on eBay. You're not, you're not always looking for that full value. And if that continues to happen, something can be seen as worth well, less. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, and I, th- and I don't think that this is what he's really getting it, but just to make sure... Is trading retro games a viable way to decrease the price of a certain game? Um, we are yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's a, I mean, that's a you're viable dec- way. Well, you're taking two buyers off the market for the, for each respective game automatically. That's a, that's increasing the demand. It is. That demand's gone. Right. If, you, if we both have a game we both want, um, I, I have a Battle Chess, and, and you want, uh, I don't know, a random game like uh, Destination Dur- uh, Death Star. Destination Danny Sullivan? Destination... What uh, is it? Anyway. I don't know. Destiny of an Emperor. You can go on eBay and buy it. I can go on eBay and buy my game. We can say, oh, I want that buy it now. Or even even adding one extra person to that auction will bump the price up. Right. Take those people out. The price will go down. Yeah. Just just by... It's less demand. You're taking... Uh, and plus, uh, with something like eBay, you can have artificial inflation of prices just because of the weird shit that happens. So yeah, you will get less... It will decrease it, but the scale has to be so large for it to be noticeable. Yes. So, but overall, I love trading because of that, though. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. I mean, in, in, a, in a small room, you know, and, and on a small scale, trading is a great way to get more expensive stuff for cheaper. Um, like Pat said, it would take a lot of that on a larger scale to actually affect the price, but... Um, you know, when when you when you decrease demand and you're also at the same point in time not decreasing copies that are on a shelf for someone else to go pick up who wants it, you are in some way flapping the butterfly's wings and affecting maybe down the line the price of a game. Yeah, plus, you make friends. You know, if you trade with someone, I, I've been I've been to meetups where you just oh I have a box of you a box stuff we'll trade and usually people try to do the right thing and not totally screw the other person. By the way, it's it's, it's destination uh, Earth Stars. You review this for the book or I did. I need a label upgrade. Is a little. Actually, I can glue it. I can glue the edges coming out there. Awesome. Use just a uh, glue stick. Maybe get a little toothpick. You put it underneath, and just it works. Voila! The label comes back down. All right. What? It's it's past tips of the day here for collecting tips of the day. Literally the day. Tyson uh, Tyson Freitas. Uh, have you ever bought something for so little you felt scummy about it afterwards? Closest thing that I ever felt scummy was buying. I bring it up because it's the coolest thing ever. When I got the night vision for ten dollars, and it's worth like over a thousand dollars. That was the one thing where I never showed you my night vision. Oh yes, 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 yes. That was the only thing where I was like, I felt bad, but here's here's the deal. At the time, I don't do as much anymore. Go to the flea market, getting up six six fifteen six thirty, week after week, while you have sometimes a beautiful woman. In the bed next to you, I know you're crazy, 
and then leaving that to get up and go to a, a, a swap meet, walk around in the heat. You're not doing it to pay market value for shit. You're just not. Otherwise, don't get out of bed, sleep an extra three hours, and enjoy your weekend. Yeah. You want a deal. Um, not just a, a marginal deal. You want a significant deal. You want a jackpot. That's what happens. People go out to flea markets or swap meets to find jackpots. That's why they go to garage sales. That's why they go to they, they go to they profit off people's I hate to say it, people die there's an estate sale. I know a guy who found a lot of gold at an estate sale or it was it was just, oh it was a bag of like costume jewelry for fifty bucks. There was real gold in there. They they, they made like a thousand bucks off it. This is how it works. Yep. Otherwise, stay home, go on eBay, go to a store and pay and pay that fair market value. And if you're in the nature of buying and selling it, it's hard to feel bad because, so, I mean, I got copies of Caltron 6-in-1 and uh, Action 52 for really cheap. Now, I bought a lot, I got them for cheaper than I should have. I got them for 10 bucks complete, and even in 99, that's a steal. Um, but the guy I bought them from, I had been buying shitloads of stuff from. He had made thousands of dollars off me at this point. And so I got them for a deal. And you know what happened? Ten years later, I decided I didn't need them anymore. And I sold them off. And you know what? That person got a deal. Because two years later, uh, the price of them rise, rose again. Like, especially the Action 52, the price goes up. You, you can't... Especially when you're looking at a larger timeline, you can't really feel bad about it because... I don't feel bad that I made 150 on my Action 52 and now it's going for 300 I just... I don't. That's how it goes. You sold me the Kyle Trinian. Yeah, I know I sold you the Caltron, and at the that, time I gave you a fair price for it. It's not my fault they found sealed ones six months later. It didn't really go up. That's okay. You know, I still love you. I'm at this point you never found the manual for it, though. That's all. Use the manual. Um, and as far as just like, uh, I don't just, I want to make sure we cover this. Have you bought something for so long? Because I don't know exactly what they're targeting. Um, as far as buybacks at the store, uh, something sometimes that has happened, yes. Uh, we always try to give like really good prices on the buybacks, but. Especially these days with how fast um, video game prices fluctuate, something that was like thirty bucks uh, two months ago could be sixty bucks, and I might have paid the guy 30, the, the the price I would have given him for the thirty. And then I, you know, I'm I'm verifying prices, and I'm like, well, fuck, I could have paid that guy an extra ten. But I mean, that's just how it goes. We got to play with that uh, night vision. It's, it's fucking incredible, by the way. I haven't sold it. I'm keeping it. Oh, I know. Makes you feel slightly better, slightly less scummy. All right, um, at Tom J One. What is Ian's worst experience he has had with an employee? Ever caught one buying games off people out back? Well, he wouldn't have to out back. It'd be funny out back. Hey, meet you out back. Give him the signal in the way. Yeah. Out back. Uh, yep, real easy. Uh, we had a, an employee who had been there for two months. He was a regular, regular employee. Really nice guy. Seemed like a really nice guy. He'd been there for as long. I mean, he'd been shopping there for almost as long as I'd been working. We hired him. And his first couple days, he seemed okay. Uh, but we realized within about a month that things weren't going so well. And he had kind of, uh, told me that he, I, I, he had an opiates problem. He was, uh, taking painkillers. Uh, he was taking too many painkillers. He had legitimate back problems. He was over, you know, taking way too many. Long story short, the guy had no short term, no attention span really whatsoever. And, uh, was doing inventory the one day. And uh, pulled out a drawer of games and put them on the counter, and walked away from them. And someone walked off with 200 loose PlayStation 2 games. I'm sorry, Ian. I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, I'm sure you didn't. Um, so we ended up losing 
Uh, I mean, you know, at that point, it wasn't like they were the most available things in the world, but we lost probably about a fifth of our PlayStation 2 collection because one employee. So so I just took a bunch of discs? Like, it was so like basically, we have the drawers, right? We, we, we sleeve all of our discs, put them in alphabetical order, yeah. cases go up front. And he was, you know, we were redoing the inventory, recounting the numbers, and he had pulled the drawer out and put it on the counter and walked away, and someone, I wasn't there that day, and someone walked up, grabbed the drawer, and walked out the door with it. What did you do with all those empty cases? You sell them bulk on eBay, or you still have them somewhere? We we pulled them and probably sold them, or you know, you probably kept the, kept keep the good ones. And re- yeah, that's well, that's in general, that's what we do if we find empty cases. If it's like something good, and someone comes in with like a, a loose, uh, you know, San so, Andreas. So was he gone for that? Oh, he was immediately shit canned. He was on his way out, but oh, he was anyway. What was it? Well, but because he was just he wasn't he. He literally was not getting any work done properly. Like, everything was fucked up. All the receipts so, were fucked up. And, like I said, nice enough guy, but had some had some serious problems on his own. And as soon as you cost us money like that, you're out the door. Is he going to watch this podcast? I don't know. Nice enough guy. I'm not going to name him. But, yeah, I mean... Because you don't like talking about other experiences in the store anymore. So, I don't know if you're I don't like fearful of this I, one. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm really kind of clamping down on that. Oh, much to the chagrin of the audience. Um, at Dave Van Dam Net, there he is. All right. Has Ian ever had a clueless seller who had something incredibly rare, valuable, and didn't even know it at his store? Hmm, let me think about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we get that a lot. Uh, the the reason I kind of wanted to take the the, uh, the the question though is. Um, you know, we get people who come in every once in a while with NES games or Super Nintendo games, and you know, I'll, I'll get a guy who comes in, and you know, it's like a moment on a TV store. A guys like, just move in, need money for beer and pizza, you know, so my friends, you know, I can, you know, give stuff to my friends for helping me move, you know. And he's like, so I got this box of Super Nintendo games, and just turns out apparently the guy loved RPGs back in the day. I'm like, I can give you like 140 bucks for all this, and he goes, oh fucking a, and I go, yep, absolutely, and you know, they're very very happy. Um, but what it happens the most is with these weird, like, uh, well, not weird, but I always refer to them as kind of more like boutique or uh, niche, uh, like, like uh, systems. Um, the Sega Saturn, the Sega Dreamcast, uh, stuff like that where um, a lot of these games shot up in price. People come in all the time with Saturn collections, and I give them a quote, and they go, Really? They didn't realize people want the games. Right. You know, like, they'll come in with something like a stall, you know, or a Burning Rangers, and they just have no idea what's on their hands. And I'll be like, I can offer you this. And they go, whoa. And then before they think I'm trying to pull one over on them, because obviously if there's money in there, they they know that I'm not selling it for more. I'll be like, yeah, look, okay, this is probably 100. This is probably 150. This is what I'm offering you. This is what I'm offering you. But the thing is, is they're so surprised by it most of the time and it's obvious that they haven't paid attention to this stuff and they just want it gone, that, and it's like I've said before, when you sell stuff to me, I'm not ripping you off if you agree. You yeah. enter into this contract. They're just happy to f- find out that it was worth anything. And, uh, you know, I'll say, you can put this on eBay and get 150 for it, and they're like, no, we're happy with the price. And, like, that's that's it. So that that happens a lot with, like, Dreamcast. Like I said, Saturn is, is a system that it happens with uh, a, a ton um, where there's just all these gems peppered in this huge stack of sports bullshit. So, so if you if you had actually seen and noticed the NWC cart in that bag, what well, I've, I've said all the time, if I had seen the end, people ask it all the time. If I had known the NWC cart was in the bag, I would have handed it back to the dude and been like, I don't know where you got this. 
but this is worth a couple grand. Because at the, that point in time, it was worth, well, a few grand. At the point, it was worth what I spent. It was worth like four grand at the time. Yeah. Something like that. So, um, you know, I mean, no, I, I, I and, and people can doubt me all they want, but I do it, I do it all the time with rare games that are worth a, a hundred, couple hundred bucks, and I would do it there, too, because really, at that point, it's like, not only am I just doing it because I want to be a good person, but then it's like, does this person know something that I don't know? And are they putting me well, on, on point? And it, it, it's like, plus, what, you what the, do you offer? You don't have the cash to, to give them. Well, you know, we would. I mean, I mean, on I mean, hand, you have to call the owner around to come down and give him someone three thousand dollars or whatever. Two thousand. I've got a checkbook that we can write from. Yeah. But still, but still, <laughs> <Limited> credit. <laughs> it's the matter of coming up with an, an, an ideal number on the spot. So I probably, I, I, I would have just been like, look, you can auction this off, and you can sit pretty for a few months. Um, and, and but still, like I said, I've ne- never anything that expensive has come back in again. But more often than not, they just want to know. Well, that's great, but what will you offer me? Sure. Because, like I said, they're moving or they're doing something else, and they just don't care. They're like, "Look, three hundred dollars in my hand for this box right of now. games right now it's is free, worth it's more found than money. is worth more than six hundred dollars a month from it's now. found money." Yeah. I don't care about this stuff. A lot of times, if you don't care about it, whatever you get is fine. Yep, exactly. At Jester of Roanoke, Virginia? I don't know. You have to ask him that. Will game developers ever stop making peripherals like Wii, Fit, Connect, etc.? Why or why not? Not as long as people think that new shiny, shiny toys are going to continue to be fun for them. I mean, with the amount of... Guitar Hero stuff and DDR pads, but I mean that's different. That's a game type, but uh, you know we joke, and I've joked with other online, uh, uh, with other people online who who own stores. Uh, we all have we fit uh, board graveyards. Yeah. I mean we all have piles and piles of these fucking things. Um, but why? Because people buy them, and they will continue to buy them. And uh, I, 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 I see a little bit of a backlash against it in so much that like. The Connect. Microsoft tried to push the Connect, and now last E3 they didn't even mention the Connect at all. You know, and they're selling yeah, it. They, so, saw, they saw one without it, the Xbox One without it. But especially because you have to realize that there are still kids in this video game equation. You are still going to see weird, stupid little doodads like Tony Hawk ride on skateboards that supposedly go along with the game, and you know, or get, get your get your Wiimote tennis racket accessory. Yeah, you know how many dollar stores you go in that have that that shit those molded cheap pieces of plastic that literally are controller holders from the how many companies made a ton of money off of the Wii just by having shitty plastic molds made well that look like tennis rackets or baseball bats yeah you know so I mean right now though I mean if you look at where we're at with the the Xbox One and the PS4 going forward assuming that Microsoft doesn't try to revive the Kinect we're looking at a generation of basically what I would call standard, good old-fashioned, traditional video game playing. And uh, I love the Wii U. Other people don't um, call the gamepad a gimmick or whatever. But the truth of the matter Any is, gimmick. very little, very little is very few games require anything of that gamepad. It ain't a gimmick though, because you can use it to play the games on it as a portable, right. basically. So it's not. A, I mean, well, that's no. what I'm saying. There's only like there's only a couple of games that I can think of that are really good that you cannot do the off TV play. Splatoon would be one of them. The gamepad is too essential to it. But uh, you know, I mean, even the Wii is a plop down on your ass and play the fucking game sort of system without a lot of t- uh, crazy peripherals. But I would not be surprised if we start seeing some wild horseshit roll out again in the future. 
Kind of shocked that there has been a Wii U sort of thing like the Wii Fit come out. There is a Wii Fit for the Wii U. Wii Fit U, it uses the old board. Oh, but I mean, okay, nothing, nothing new, though. I mean, nothing like a new piece of shit you gotta buy. No, you, you can know. use the old one. I mean, that was one of the cool things were they that still, we did. Were, were they still making uh, Wii Fit boards for the Wii yeah, Wii so, so, like, the remotes, the nunchucks, and the boards all, all the just got repackaged. You know what? You know what? Fuck everyone on the internet for not giving Nintendo enough credit for doing that. Oh, I thought that no was one, fantastic. No one gives Nintendo credit. The only freaking console in the past 15 fucking years, uh, Wii and Wii U, that can use the old controller on it I, uh, in some way. I bought a Mario Kart 8 bundle and did not have to buy anything else to get four people playing on my TV that night. Shame on you, internet, for not giving Nintendo at least credit for that. Oh, Nintendo sucks? <laughs> yeah, at least they're not having you buy $200 worth of controllers for your new system. Charge right. you $60 for a controller. Just use the one you had before. Yeah. And you're fine. Damn it. At Burnesque. Uh, did you ever... Be- I, I like this question. Did you ever believe wrestling was real? If so, what era? Does all that you know now kind of mar it? I liked how he explained the word mar for us. I want to say the only time I kind of thought it was real was... It was still real to me. Um, my di- The only time I saw wrestling live as a kid was at the Meadowlands show. I must have been six... Maybe early seven ish, and Hogan. I remember the main event because it was a bullshit main event house show thing where uh, Hogan, uh, uh, Adrian Adonis comes out with Jimmy Hart. Um, Hogan comes out, clears the ring of them, poses. It wasn't even a fucking match. It was like a, a two minute thing, and that was it. And the crowd goes, "I'm happy," but it was bullshit because it wasn't a real match. Right? You know, it was like, "Oh, Hogan's like, oh, I got to," you know, the crowd. But um, at that point, I'm like, "Oh, this is." You know, you you don't know what to think. When you're five or six, it's like Santa Claus. Right. It's all magic. It's not to say you think it's real. It's an otherworldly experience. Sure. Does that make sense? It's like any other TV show. You kind of know the TV show is not real, but you get wrapped up in it. You know, um, so it's hard for me to say when I stopped thinking wrestling was real, whether it was a gradual thing. With, I, with me and Santa Claus... I think I was always smart enough as a kid to kind of know Santa Claus was bullshit. I hate mm-hmm. to say it. Even when I was like four or five, I was like, eh, it's, it's a little fishy, this whole... Thing. My parents didn't do a great job of, of hiding it because I kept the freaking Bradley's label and Kmart labels on my G.I. Joe <laughs> toys. So they weren't even trying. Yo, the elves were overworked that year, dude. Uh, the elves made my G.I. Joe Tomahawk uh, a vehicle for me. Thank you. Um, Out of birch wood. Yeah, exactly. And, and can-do attitude. But it's hard for me to pinpoint when wrestling, when I kind of realized that this is kind of weird to see... Uh, a prison guard beating up on a like a male model basically in the ring and not getting trouble for it and then beating up you know his man I don't know I think it was this gradual sort of oh this is kind of showy so it's a show I don't know so you're just a couple years older than me so my answer is slightly different I don't I don't think and it's not because I was a smart child it was just a matter of timing and and, and my parents but I never really. I never really believed wrestling was real. Or, I should put, I always knew that it was supposed to be fake. You know, my parents, I mean, one of the first times I remember watching wrestling, I remember my dad walking out, and he sees me watching it, I'm kind of, like, enthralled. And he doesn't tell me I can't watch it, but he's like, you know, I, son, I just want you to know that, you know, that's not, that's not real. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we were of the age where, basically, it was, at that point, if it hadn't, if the if the big interviews and stuff hadn't come out, we were very close to the point where we would have figured out where where the world knew that just one hundred percent without question, like it was admitted that wrestling was 
fake. Well, by the late '80s, they started yeah. to it, it, say that because these guys would go on talk shows like Arsenio right. Hall. That's what I remember. That's what I'm referring to. And they couldn't to. get away with it anymore. Yeah, that's what I'm referring to. So, yeah. so you know, my dad's like, you know, this isn't real. I'm like, okay. And I mean, you, you know, your your dad tells you it's not real, and you look at it, and all of a sudden you start to see all the missed hits and stuff like that. But I remember. There's two things. One, I do remember um, when uh, Shawn Michaels threw... Marty Jannetty. Marty Jannetty threw the, the window. window. And... In barbershop. Yep. And something in me was like, oh my God. You know, and it was that... It's not that I knew, thought it was real, but I don't know if I was reacting to it like a TV show, but then the fact that it's not quite a TV show, there was this weird moment there for me where I was like, oh, that's fucked up. Like, and then I had to keep telling myself as a kid, but okay, but this isn't real. But, but you were too young to sort of separate in your mind. But I'm like, this is convincing, sort of, in a way. But it wasn't ever the in-ringing action. that I guess what it is, is it was never the in-ring action that I thought was real, but I always kind of felt like the stuff on the outside was always a work. Or a shoot, when in reality, it was just a work. So, <laughs> but the thing was, is it was funny, though. So my friends and I, we watched it, and we never, we all knew that wrestling was fake, but we took it to the opposite extreme. Instead of the person who's like, it's still real to me, you know, and no, look at this. My friends and I took it to like the opposite extreme. Like the wrestlers' muscles were fake. Like they were getting like implants put in and stuff like oh, that. Wow. You know, there's no way that this guy. You know, Hulk Hogan's muscles aren't really that big. You know, it's like an inflatable, like you know, prosthetic or whatever. So I mean, we we went way off the deep end in another way. Like it's not only. But you still it, watch them. Not only yeah, but not only is it fake, oh, but that's it's fake. It's really, really, really fake. That they're not really crowd the first ten rows. That's like yeah. I mean, they're cardboard. Right. You went over the top. We had conspiracy theories about how fake uh, wrestling was. There's nitrate in the turnbuckle. <laughs> it's all about that. You guys should make fun of that. It's serious. That's I mean, serious. Um, all right. But, okay, does, does all you know now kind of mark? No. no, because now you look at it as performance art versus yeah. a, a, versus uh, thinking it's real. Well, even as, as part of being a kid, I mean, once you once once we finally wrapped our heads around this, you still watched it because you were watching these insane larger-than-life personalities. Yeah, it's a superhero show. It's it, a superhero show. It's a TV show. It's it's it's, it's, it's the argument I have with, we we have with people all the time. It's just a fucking TV show. Yes, real or fake, it's it a, does not matter. It's a TV show about a wrestling organization. Yes, it That's is a it is. it is a shitty drama. It's a shitty and soap it's opera. Amusing. It's a shitty soap opera with oil, oiled-up men. Yeah, That's what it is. Thank you, darn tootin'. Uh, so no, it doesn't mar it. At my favorite name, at that ass is my boss. Now that you've both dabbled in nonfiction for the NES book, I've done more than dabble. Is there a chance of either you writing fictional stories? Uh, I used to actually write all the time. Um, short fiction was my favorite thing to write, and it was one of my favorite ways to pass my time from the time I was probably <coughs> sixteen until probably the time I was twenty-three, and I moved out here and I stopped writing entirely because I, I just I, I fell off of it. Um, I enjoyed it. I felt like I was fairly decent. Uh, I also enjoy writing nonfiction. Will I ever go back to trying to write something, though? Um, I mean, I've actually wanted to... Now, I mean, ever since my nonfiction commitments to the book are done, I've kind of wanted to do something more creative and just write something. But I don't know that I'd write anything long. I'm not talking novella length. I would write maybe a couple short stories again and work myself back into it. Writing was definitely a passion. <laughs> the the, the patenting short story compendium. Yeah. <laughs> Writing was a passion of mine and I would like it to become a passion of mine again. I just, right now, my my head's not there. Um, gotta finish the book. God damn it, we gotta finish the book. Um, 
I will want to write fiction again. The book's been on and off more for two and a half years now, believe it or not. Um, and I don't know if I want to do something like this again. I've actually joked with Frank about we want to write... If he knows how to type, we would do it. We want to write a book that compares all the movies that came out at the same time about the same thing. Yeah, say which one's better. Because yeah. we, we, th- we have 50 on the top of our heads that we can think of. Um, that'd be fun. But no, I think fiction, I've always gravitated towards fiction. That's why I like, do the NES Punk videos, because I do a fictional wraparound around it. Otherwise, doing reviews to me is not too interesting, even though... I like to read nonfiction. I like to write fiction. What I really like is somewhere in between, like, In Cold Blood, where Truman Capote writes a non-fiction book but historical add, fiction but adds the flair of, sure. of fiction so around you, so it so you like console wars because he interviewed a ton of people then wrote a story sure. about it yes um, but no I want to write fiction but it's just that if there'd be a market for you know the grand adventures of Frank and Pat you know take our characters from the videos and put us in a 200 page book could be entertaining kind of like a, a goosebump series or you know what I mean or, or, or the babysitters club but you know you throw in you know other characters you have the evil store store owner throw it in there it could be a fun thing I don't know if there's a market for it because writing takes time but the good news is that writing fiction takes a hell of a lot less time than what I that we, we just did <laughs> you know I can, I can I will never do anything like that again I, I, I could write a fiction I could probably write a 200 page book in 6 months easily from start to finish towards, or less towards the end when I was re-editing some things after you had made the choice to kind of give the reviews more room to breathe I had more fun with it because I could use more of my language. I didn't have to be so concise with words, and I started to enjoy it a little bit more. But it's still... That's a really restrictive format to write in, and I, I, I did not feel like I was writing me for a lot of it. Well, you weren't. No, I know. Because you, when you write reviews, you come secondary to, to yes, the content. Yes, I, I know, and that's what I'm saying. That sort of style is not something I, I, I particularly enjoy. Well, you had the reflections, though. You could have added. Well, we did. Yeah, but that's, that was your yes. chance to shine, and that, and that and that and that part was fun. But I mean, just these, the, the, I I would never want to do a guidebook, a series of small, not connected things again. Let's do a turbo one. Come on, it's only like one hundred fourteen games, one hundred thirty games. No, ninety four or plus thirty. It's one hundred thirty four, something like that. Yeah, I'll do it myself then. Screw it. All right, um, this one, I think this was well. We can both answer it. Uh, from Hogan's Heroes fan, <laughs> they're still out there. Do you find it weird to have quote unquote fans and does it add to your anxiety levels? How do you cope? Okay. Um It's not weird to have people that are a fan of your work. Because that's the reason you put yourself out there to begin with, because you want people to enjoy what you do. So if you if you don't We already come from two different camps, but continue. <laughs> well then why are we doing this then if people you know, if you think people are enjoying it? Well, because we started it continue, I'll I'll finish. Um, so does it add to your anxiety levels? Um, no, I, I have the I have the type of personality where um, I, I guess I'm easygoing enough that it, it it doesn't it doesn't bother me if you if you hate what I do, uh, if you if you love it it's great, but it doesn't make me it doesn't make me anxious knowing that someone likes what you do because again that's why I do it. Um, you have to have an ego in some small level to put yourself out there in any performance. You, you have to realize that I'm I know that people want to see me do this. That I'm talented enough that people want to see me do this. So inherently. Knowing that you can have fans of your work, that's sort of built in in that respect uh, of knowing that. So for me, it's not really an anxiety level. Um, that said, there are fans that are scarier than others. I'll just say that. There are fans that don't know, quote-unquote, how to be fans. Don't know where the line is. Of uh, That because you're a fan doesn't mean that 
we can we should be hanging out that or that we you should know about my personal life or that you should be involved in my personal <laughs> life uh so there's that there too but as long as that uh both sides know there's that sort of line then it, it's it's fine in theory to me for me um and i think pat took my 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 quick little comment uh, the wrong way I did not do this because I needed to develop a... Uh, I wanted to develop a fan base. I did it because, quite frankly, I thought sitting down and just shooting the shit in a structured way with Pat would be uh, a, an amusing way to at least blow a couple of nights until we decided we were doing this uh, more seriously. Um, the fact that I have gained uh, listeners who, who, who enjoy my outlook um, is pretty cool, and it's made the internet a fun place to be. Um, you know, I've met a lot of really nice people. Uh, does it add to my anxiety levels? Yes, a hundred percent. Um, I'm a fairly private person. I mean, I don't do much more besides this podcast on, on, on the internet. Um, but it's not, it's not a bad anxiety and I don't want people to think they can't come up and talk to me because they can and I, I enjoy it. It's, it's kind of a good anxiety. It's one of those things that makes me confront my fear of, of, um, of, of, of meeting people cold, which is something that you have to do in, in, in the real world. Um, it's something that actually helps me when I'm doing interviews for people that we're going to have to hire for the store, um, things like that. And it's also taught me just, I, I mean, a, a lot of you people who have, you know, seen me at conventions and been so nice, <coughs> you've kind of taught me how to make a friend in any room that I've been in. And I've always been able to do that to a degree, but it's very easy now. A good example. I, I so you know Pat, we've talked about it twice now at the start of the show, but uh, I, I go to the gym now and I have a trainer. Five years ago, that would have been a really awkward relationship to get going with the N- trainer. Yeah, with the trainer. Now, because I'm more comfortable with just talking to people I don't know, because of people I've met at conventions, um, my trainer and I were hitting it off by the end of the first first day. So. Yes, it does add to my anxiety levels. I'm not going to lie. At too many games, uh, Saturday was signing and gifts and nice people from all day, from 10 until oh, yeah. 7. Oh, that was a marathon. And was, uh, yeah. I had to fucking sneak away and have a fucking cry because my nerves just couldn't handle it anymore. Okay, I didn't know that happened. Well, now you do. Don't have to tell you everything. <laughs> um, but I... I, I, mean, <laughs> I that would be something you could have told, but okay. But, but yeah, you're telling it, the world the same time you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, I mean, that, it, it's it, like I'm trying to say, it's not like this. It, it's this bad thing. I, 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 I appreciate the hell out of it, but I'm not used to that. That's not what I got into it for. And, uh, um, you know, when you've got all these people being nice to you and you don't understand why, that that will screw up my brain. Oh, Okay. Uh, well, I guess it's like Frank, because Frank, Frank's a, a, a be- the best example, because Frank's so disconnected from this entirely. Right. And Frank me, is a me, completely different version of me us. Me and Frank got noticed by the beach. We hung out last Friday. Right. Two people came up and said, oh, you're Pat and Frank. And Frank is like, uh, and he gets a little weirded out, which, but he, but Frank doesn't see any of this. Right. Like, this, this is behind a, a curtain. So f- for him, I guess, it makes it makes sense because, you know, he's just, he's Rip Van Winkle. You know, he's, he's a man at a time, which is, I guess, part of the charm. Sure. But he, under, but he does understand, though, that people might enjoy what he does. Because he does see... He gets, like... People at the bars love Ask Frank. Like, people like... Watch, sure. like, people don't watch my stuff, but they know... They've heard about Ask Frank, and so they watch it. And they're like, oh, Frank, when's another one coming out? And he's like, what? He has no idea. Well, you know? I'll also point out that, at least for the conventions and, and going back to the, the cry thing, I have horrible it takes sleep. takes a man, man to admit to, to crying. I cry all the time. Um... 
my sleep has been miserable, the worst it's been in the past six months, in, in, in quite a few years. And when I'm at conventions, I sleep even less. So I'm already an emotional mess at that point, because I'm just not well, fucking sleeping. I'm getting an hour of sleep and then meeting people for seven he hours. He does like to party a little bit during the convention season. Pat's early to bed, early to rise for the most part. I, the, the partying is because I can't sleep, well, not, not the other way around. Self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> at that point, if you, if you drink until five in the morning. I'm not always drinking until five. Sometimes I'm drinking until four thirty and oh, then sneaking back in until five. You see my point. All right, <laughs> just it'd be nice to get you know breakfast with Pat at a convention. That's all. You know, we, I'm not, we I'm not paying for a forty dollars fucking buffet. It's not a buffet. First of all, the buffets are like thirteen dollars. Second of all, oh, we, get, we we did have yogurt from the we got yogurt yeah. and fruit from from the. It's good. We we, we talked about sometime about our 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 first time we actually spent time together for an you know elongated period of like three days. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh shit. Um, at Starfox underscore forty five, did either of you use TSR's NES archive back in the nineteen nineties and early two thousands when he was still updated? Well, first of all, he was he was he wasn't updated in the early two thousands anymore. I don't no. think he was done by the ninety nine. I would or say uh, no. So okay, so the answer is yes. Both Pat a and I big did. yes, a big yes. Um. And I'm sure Pat will get into his experiences with it momentarily. I'm going to go to the website right now. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, that was kind of a jump-off point for, I think, a lot of early, early collectors in 97, 96, 97, 98. Because he was one of the first sites that really showcased some of the cool oddities that the Nintendo console had. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is a huge factor in what made a lot of us get into collecting, at least back then. I don't know about now, was all the weird stuff. All the stuff that people, you know, stuff like the... Uh, Nintendo Museum section. The stuff like the Pan-Asian carts and whatnot were not things that were known to everyone at that time. Action 52 was not known to everyone. Wally Bear in the Nogan. <laughs> yep. M8. M82 yeah. stuff. It also had a, a thriving message board community um, where people did a lot of trades. They did a lot of trades on there. A lot of people were jackasses. A lot of people were friends. I still remember the names of some of the people. Um, but I'm not even going to mention them. Um, but no, it was a, it was a wonderful resource when you're learning. Um, people got Mike Etler's list, and people constantly updated and tore it apart. We discovered rarity list. Rarity list. We discovered, uh, you know, we discovered at that point in time, you know, prior to massive internet trades and eBay, um, you know, what stuff was more common in in what regions, and we started to kind of notate rarity lists with regions. You know, it was easier to find here. So, hey, I've got a buddy down here, and it's easier you for you to find Bucky O'Hare. You know, find that for me. It was a wonderful place for people to gather. <laughs> At some point, the message board got out of control, and it got shut down. I don't think it really got shut down for being out of control. I think he had intended to um, reopen it. I think he did, and it lasted for a little while longer, and it froze. I, 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 my, my, my memories so, of the message board ending are a bit foggy. He did go on to do stuff afterwards, though. I believe oh. his name is Kevin something or another. I could be wrong. And I think he does a site... Uh, called Magweasel, which I've read extensively, and it's really good. Um, it's uh, about like Japanese gaming magazines and stuff really? from the retro era. He covers a lot of Turbo Graphics and PC Engine. How did I know about it? We should email him, get him on the show. We should interview him. That'd be great. So I was, I, my, I was writing the money. January twentieth, two thousand, was when he left his farewell message, and I kind of remember that. I was kind of sad by that. Um, yeah, it's still it was, there. Check it out. It was before I left high school. So fifteen years we're talking about. It's still there. He's still paying for, uh, for for the. I mean, the hosting fees. Um, AtariHQ.com slash TSR. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was just really just 
there was nothing there like it. I mean, obviously it was internet 1.0, so you're not going to have bells and whistles, but you have pictures of everything. You have uh, there's a whole piracy cart section. He has a bunch of, I'd say the vast majority of uh, manuals there before they before stuff like Nintendo Age existed. You had stuff like that, uh, in, even in text form. Just he had all all this compiled in one place. And I want to point out how important his website was, not only from the for the reasons we've already said, but like it launched a huge, huge. Um, <clears throat> a run of imitation sites that basically tried to document all the weird stuff about Nintendo and I, I don't even remember a lot of the names of them now but one was like Nintendo World and stuff like that. NES World? NES World. That's yeah. still running I think. And, um, but a lot of these sites spawned up as to, to kind of I guess pick up the mantle from the TSR's NES archives and, and, and carry it on from where, where he left it. Um, and I don't know. I, I feel like that site's hugely influential for things like Atari Age and Nintendo Age and sure. you know all the other very, very collector-focused websites. And, I mean, I haven't looked at it in a while. I, maybe I will tonight. But, I mean, it is a fairly modest webpage by today's standards. Oh, but, of course. But the amount of information it offered you back then, I mean, it yeah. really made Nintendo seem exciting. Yeah, I had no idea. Like, if you click on the NES Museum section, uh, you get something about Nintendo World Championships, you get uh, hot slots, all three Panesian boxes, yep. Cheetah Men 2, Action 52, a, a section about Active Enterprises, a bunch of AVE games, Wisdom Tree games, the Hong Kong version of like uh, Duck Hunt. I mean, you know, for now you're like, oh, but this is the first time you've ever seen this stuff. This guy compiled it all for you to learn about. Um, I didn't know about the M8 demo unit. The M82 I knew about because so I see the M8. I'm like, what? Yep. I had no idea that existed. You know, and that came out before and it's harder to find. There's a, there's a section about demo carts and prototypes. Again, this is back in like the late nineties. He's doing this stuff, so good on it. TSR, I should email him. And guy had guy had passion, very cool. Even talking about the Game Genie uh, uh, adapter ad- adapter for the top loader, which yeah. a lot of people still know exists because yes. it's hard to get. And no, I'm not paying eighty bucks for one at a at a freaking uh, convention. Maybe twenty, I buy one. <laughs> it's time now to unbox stuff. Um, we appreciate your gifts. Thanks, you're so generous. Yeah, thank so, you. So, first off, a guy who remain, wants to be, remain anonymous um, sent me two boxes, 25, 30 pounds of each, like 60 pounds of stuff. He said, I'm not going to go through it all. I'm going to show you a few of them. But he sent me two Odyssey 2 systems, three Stooges, big plush three Stooges. He's, he sent me... A uh, wicked sweet Roger Rabbit. A, a, like a 14-inch Roger Rabbit uh, bendy in the package still. Fairly jealous of that one, actually. Uh, well, we can negotiate, you know. <laughs> you know, you got some extra PC engine stuff. Um, so, uh, I can't show everything. There's not enough time. But thank you so much for sending that stuff. It was just a ton of stuff. Yeah, thank you. He sent uh, me I, I, a... Uh, he sent me show, a... Uh, oh, it's right here. Yeah, it's right here. Um, he, sent, he sent Frank something, too. Uh, it's, it's it's still wrapped up, but he sent me uh, the a Superman uh, record read along book, and uh, those things are awesome. So I'm I'm actually pretty excited he, he about sent, that. He sent Frank something, um, and then he also sent me like a Game Boy Color in the box. Um, and so at first you, you got to be like, uh, it's nice that he sent him stuff. But I don't know if this stuff he doesn't want anymore, or it's just all I don't know. But then he sent me Genesis games. I was like, that's nice. You sent me Genesis games. Some are uncommon. Some are, are common. But I got uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Loose, Bell's, uh, oh, Bell's Quest, which you say is uncommon, right? Somewhat uncommon. A Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which is like, okay, Sonic 2 is cool. A Batman Returns, looks like, like, a, like a rental style case. 
it's like it's like upside down in like half the case. Batman Returns, which is a good port. The very good uh, Tengen Pac Miss Pac Man, which is great. Best version in the NES. I reviewed that in the NES guidebook. I know you, I know you did. You can expect more of this in the next four <laughs> months. Cause Street Fighter Two, Champion, pretty good version. Uh, Mortal Kombat, which is going up, and sort of people want this version, um, as far as I saw. Do they? But this is where I'm like, okay, he's just sending me his extra Genesis games. Then he sends me box, no manual, but Ranger X. <laughs> yeah, that's not uh that's that's not um, that's not a it's not a common game. Not a common game. Nope. You would say even rare. I would definitely say rare. So thank you so much because that's a really cool. Gift. Even though I don't know that much about Genesis, when I saw Ranger X, I'm like, I know that's one of those you know ten to twenty Genesis games that everyone wants that you can't find. Yep. So thank you very much. Wish I could say who you are. These next two, this, this is from a Frank crate. Frank has now like a huge pile in his living room. I said Frank can't open it till Christmas. Basically, you can't open it till the, till the Frank loot crate videos. But this is uh, John Carling sent us these along with the loot crate. So All right. we'll open them at the same time. Here we go. Nice little envelope here. Well, John Carling, thank you. What was it first? Pat wins. He wins. Oh, there's a note. My name is John Carling. I'm an independent artist from Oakland, California. I wanted to send you some of my work to share. Oh. And a thank you for all the entertainment you continue to provide on a constant basis. It is always a treat to have something new from you. Looking forward to your new book. Cheers with a cute little rabbit. P.S. If you're ever in Oakland, come visit my studio. Oh, look at that. He says I have good taste. Look at the back of the note. Did he doodle that? That's awesome. That's so cool. Nice little doodle. I love stuff like this. So it looks like there's a bunch of sketchbooks and stuff in here. I'm not too familiar with this sort of genre here, but the drawing's really, really well done. It's Um, it's almost like 1910s sort of style drawing, almost. Oh, shit, dude. This Like old style? It's really sweet. This is really cool. Show the camera. Get in front of the camera there. Look at this, look at this sweet. No, the, oh yeah, that one. I'll show you that one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love I love sketchbooks, like especially black and white sketchbooks. And this stuff is this, super this reminds me of a cool. pop a pop up book I had as uh, or in the library as a kid, which was sort of dark because like all the people got murdered in it, but it was still in the kids section. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I got to find that book. Well, thank you for this fantastic care. No, package. this is great. I'm gonna and flip through all of this tonight. I, I won't give away, but now it makes more sense. Now I saw some of the Frank Crate stuff that he sent. This is a lot of stuff i got to go through. Thank you so much. Uh, wish I had a website here, John, uh, for you. And I got this little... What is it? Did you get one of these? Yeah. A Lewis vs. I love what mini... It? It's probably a mini comic. Oh. It's not I, a mini comic. And I love mini comics. This is fantastic. People Thanks can so send much. me art and reading material all day long. All right, moving on. This is from... I think it's from Germany. This is Mark CU Podcast. It's a mask of my favorite band. Well, the, the the leader of the band, Freddie Mercury. The voice of the band, I should say. They're still trying to tour without him. Freddie Mercury. That is hysterical. That is wonderful. Well, now I know I'm being for Halloween. Freddie Mercury. I got to get the get the uh, nice jacket and then just the white, the white yes. cut off shirt. And this is a this is from Josh. Thank you, Josh. That's really really funny. That's that is a perfect gift for you. I, and I do love Queen. It's the only band I know him to like truly. I like bands. I like music. I'm not toned up. This is to both of us. There's one. It's a uh, Blue Crab Magnets. 
It's a Nintendo cereal magnet. And it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cereal magnet. Is well, what that's it what is. He said it was a Nintendo cereal magnet. Oh. But that's oh, fantastic. <laughs> oh. I remember it's like on my head. that, that right. cereal, that, it, it was chucks with marshmallows, right? For the most part. Yes, so it, was, shit, it was chucks with marshmallows. That's awesome. really cool. All right. I don't know if he sells them or not, but cool. Thank you. Fight over that one. This is from our buddy Kelly Moon. Who oh, sent Kelly! Frank stuff like twice. Kelly is a good dude. You he, can read the note. He, gave, he sent me Willie Beamish and the custom amiibo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Pat and Ian. Pat, I know you received your first Amiibo, but here's your first custom one. You what? get a custom one what? now, too. It there, took me a few weeks to complete. There is justice. Ian, you may have to have a modded PlayStation, but I thought you would enjoy this. Okay. What? I will. What? What? I have a Japanese PlayStation, so I... I Pat it, and friends. Oh, will, there's a bunch of stuff in here. I will probably oh, be my. able to make use of it. Uh, this whole, There's an awesome Star Wars gift wrap that I want to be like my grandparents and not ruin, like, save. Sa save the gift wrap. Look at that awesome gift wrap. That is All right. nice. Alright, let's see. Pat's got a custom amiibo, too. Thank you, Kelly. Let's see what this is. Oh, it's a gold... It's a gold Pac-Man! Oh, wow. He did a really good job That's on that. That's fantastic. I can add to my regular Pac-Man. Nice, That's cool. Nice reseal job, too. You can't, you can't He's really good tell. at that. My, uh... My Splatoon Mega Man that he made me is still in the box because he, he put awesome. it back together so well. Right, where's, where's Ian's package in here? He did really... Damn, he's good. Ian, that's for you. All right, I do have a modded PlayStation. I do too, but it's in the, it's in the garage, I think. Oh, no, it's not. Here's another one. <gasps> <laughs> All right. Kelly, you son of a gun. Oh, we got a book. Oh, man. He sent me Tom and Jerry Volume One on Blu-ray. Well, you got. I what, love Blu-ray animation. There might be something there too. Oh my god! I'm gonna watch cartoons and eat so much candy. Like like every other. Oh one, my right? god! <laughs> what is that? <laughs> oh, he pays attention, Kelly. I feel like. By the way, some of the best rapping I've ever seen. Yeah. Even on the small ones, I suck at rapping. I can't even see where the folds are. Do you know who Antonio Inoki is? Yes. Okay. He has a puzzle game for the PlayStation 2. I mentioned it on Twitter in passing months ago, and he got the damn thing. He has for a puzzle me. game? Yes. So I have it. Oh my god, it's Inoki against Thunder Liger. Look at this. Look at the back. It's like Puzzle Fighter, but with like Japanese wrestlers of that's the a, era. That's a, a, a Liger's there, who's still. Thunder Liger who's still wrestling somehow. Uh, he's 50 and put on a match that was incredible for NXT two weeks ago. Oh, look how nice. He gave me a $30 Regal pack. Well, we, I think we have to spend this together. I think we're obligated to go see a movie together, Ian. That sounds cute. Thank you, Kelly. I've never been to a movie with Ian, have I? Have we seen a movie together? I feel like we have. I don't know. Well, thank you, Kelly. I am going to play the shit out of this. Uh, I got one more from Kelly. God, Kelly, you're just knocking out of the park. Oh, with... he he did tell me he was sending these me these for my birthday, so I appreciate that. Oh my god. Thank you. Okay, you're you're gonna you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna borrow this from me. It's the ultimate superstar guide. Oh, that's <laughs> but it's all but it's all drawn. That's so cool. I think Justin Roberts, Justin Gabriel. Well, he's not there. Eve Marie, Eve Torres, they're not there. But this is still cool. <laughs> A lot of them aren't there. Enzo Amore. I love Enzo Amore. From Hackensack, is he still wrestling? Is he in NXT? Yeah. That's hysterical because I, I have a friend named Enzo. Eric Rowan. Oh, this is great. Take a look at this. That's that's fantastic. I think Vonnie was actually telling me about this. I think they got it at the comic shop. 
Oh man, the, like the junkyard dog looks awesome. Oh, it has older ones too. Yeah. John Laurinaitis. Erwin R. Scheister is in here. That's fantastic. Let's move I, on. I'm putting it down because I won't stop. I can read it later. Oh, we're, we're like halfway done. Well, this would be like a 20 minute video. Oh, Jesus Christ. We can fight over this. Who gets what in here? This is from. There's no name. It's from a, an online retailer. It's always a gift note. Okay. From Monty Singleton. See you, podcast is my latest addiction. Thanks so much for the great show. Also, love video game years. Thanks. Uh, from Insert Coin Toys PS. Ninja Turtle cereal on the way. What? Well, he get, we always talk about how much we love these. Yeah! So <laughs> I love little cereal packs. Uh, I like Cheerios. Lucky Charms a little bit. <coughs> so we can, we can d- divvy that up. Alright. Okay. I want the Cocoa Puffs and the Golden Grams. Oh, that, perfect. Jesus. Uh, this is so crazy. This, I, is, this is a lot. Alright, this is from... Okay, well, let's do this one. Oh, so he's the guy who sent you the Ninja Turtles magnet. Probably then, too. The Ninja Turtles cereal Oh, magnet. okay. That would make sense. Here's a small one from... Prioritaire. That's a, is that France? French? It's like... I don't know. I guess it's French. It's a coaster, I think. Oh, it's from Sweden! Hand-painting coaster. All the way from Sweden. Hi, it looks like Ian needs one of these. <laughs> you do. <laughs> we'll send you some indie heat-scented love to you, Pat, later. From Pierce. P.S. Check out my paintings. Facebook.com slash... Oh. Slaska fan. S-L-A-S-K-A. So someone made me a coaster? That's oh. really, really quite. Do you cool. recognize the pattern? Is it from anything? I don't, but it's still awesome as shit. All right, next up is from. That's so cool. From this is from Chris. I'm using it right now. Chris from Lynchburg, Virginia, the official CU podcast coaster. I just need to get one. We got sour straws. Is this a newer thing? Sour straws? Uh, yeah, yep, yep. I love them. Well, uh, no, I mean, do like, you want to show mid- the coaster? I don't think I, showed, I don't think I showed the okay. coaster. It's very nice. I, I I was frank for once, not showing the audience. Alright, so we got... There you go. More Ring Pops. Jen got, got us Ring Pops back in the day. I'll take one of these, but I don't need a, a lot of them. Ian's got the sweet tooth. I have sweet tooth for chocolate. Ian likes more of the sugar candy. I know, sweet. I like chocolate too. Okay, well, my, my, my sweet I, tooth is... My sweet tooth knows no bounds. Oh my god, these I'll try. These I've had... Yeah, let's, we're doing it. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing, doing one right now. Doing, okay, you got yeah. it. Right, you Jesus it. Christ. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it live. And there's another one of just... We want to open this one instead? Just a cola one? Yep, let's do it. I love these. Oh my god, wax bottles. I'll do a cola one. Alright, I'm going to do a blue one. I haven't had these since... I don't remember them being this big. To your good health, sir. Do you bite off the top? I forget. You cheers first and then you bite off the top. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, and it tastes just like Freezy Pop liquid. It is Freezy Pop liquid. Mm-hmm. I feel like if anyone hasn't figured it out by now, the easiest way to get me to act like a complete total idiot on oh. camera is to give me candy that I haven't had in a I while. I wish I didn't lo- lose like my sweet tooth a little bit for stuff like this, but that's good. Oh, that was fun. Hey, hold on to that too. All right, we ain't done. Let's put the wax bottle here. I thought these were smaller as a kid. Nah, this is, this is we were just we were just smaller. We're, exactly. Okay. Oh, oh, this is from. Did I say it was from? Oh, I did. Oh, this is. Oh, this is all from uh, Chris. Still, Remag. Uh, he's at blh underscore productions. Pac-Man for the for the Pac-Man and the inkling for the little bitch. Little bitch. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Fuck the haters. And I look forward to future videos and blog posts. 
Stay fresh. He's Remag Gamer, so he made you beat art of a squid. Ah! That's going to be... A, you're going to put that for the podcast. Ah! So fucking cool. And I got Pac-Man. I, it, I, was, I, I do like other characters. I, I do appreciate it, but everyone's giving me Pac-Man stuff. I love it. It's Pac-Man. And a squid. And what is... I cannot make out what that is. Let's see if you can solve that one. And more sour straws. Hashtag C U P O D C A S T. Oh, it's the hashtag. Hashtag C U P O D C A S T. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. And more. Did we just get these? Ah, uh, yeah. We get sour straws. So you get a bag of them. Are, these, are, are, they, are yours multi flavored too? Yeah. Okay. We'll have to trade. I don't know if this is multi flavored. We'll, we'll figure it out. I will take the non multi flavored if it's that big of a deal. Okay, we're not done yet. Okay. Man, you guys. And Ian's starting to work out, too. All the sugar. He's, he's, I know. <laughs> It'll be a slower going. Did we open? The, did we pre-open this one up? I tried. I'm going to use brute strength. But when we say pre-open, we try to cut them all so that we don't have to spend all that time on camera, but I don't look at these. Okay. Body parts? Almost. A bunch of Game Boy Advance uh, cases. There's a bunch in here. Empty cases. Empty... UMD case? Is that a yeah, UMD? Yeah, it's a UMD case. There's a UMD game, Untold Legends. You familiar with that? Nope. I mean, I, I, mean I, I, have, I don't have a PSP. All right. You're the collector. You can collect oh, the stuff that I can't see. use. Oh, remember Pissed on PC? <laughs> yes. It made fun of Mist. It was a parody of Mist. Yes. Trying to... Oh, Wow. Huh. Leader Suit Larry Love for Sale, the CD version. Oh, nice. That's super cool. That's really cool. That's a great game. Lots of... There's a nice hottie with a Jersey accent in that game, I remember. More empty cases. I'm trying to look around the empty cases here. See what else is in here. Dragon Ball Z pin. Here's a wipey for a camera. Or a screen. That could be... That is a, that's a DS wipe. Oh, are they? Okay, well, thanks. I'll, I'll, we'll dig through the rest later here. There's, a, there's some other stuff in here, but... Oh, oh, whoa. There's something... Is this special here? Scored with Leisure Suit Larry. What is this? Oh, there's a card. Okay, I gotta read that. Some Game Boy Advance games, Powerpuff Girls, oh. and Naruto. Oh, I, I gotta... I always, I always like the Powerpuff Girls. I think Girls. it's a card. All right. Hi, I love your CU podcast show. As for reviews, the first thing I saw of yours was a Russian attack review. Wow, going back to 2009. I loved how it made me see a game I hadn't played since childhood in a new way. And never before I made the connection of Russian attack and Russian attack. <laughs> or the ridiculous logic of enemies just running straight at you. As for the little gifts in the box, you can share as you see fit. My only request is that Ian picks one of these games for, EP's, for Ian's happy handheld reviews. <laughs> I think it might go back to me because I don't know if Ian's doing that. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think it should be a thing. We all do. And he has a cute little from... Na oh, Natalie. Thanks, Natalie. I didn't see a name on here. That's awesome. Natalie from good old Atlanta. Atlanta? Nice southern gal. Well, thank you. That's a, that's that's a, good, a cute drawing. A lot of thought and effort went into this. I kind of want to play this. <laughs> Look at the wrap. There's a Star Wars wrap on the outside. <laughs> it's, what is it, Ian? It's, uh... <laughs> it's two boxes of peaches and cream oatmeal. <laughs> Four boxes of peaches and Four cream oatmeal. Four boxes of peaches and cream oatmeal. And a giant 30 individual oh, God. of cereal. Wow, so we... Thanks a lot. Is there a note for who's from? I'm looking. Oh, let's see. What's on there? Let me go see. 
Uh, Apple Jacks, Corn Pops, Mini Wheats, Rice Krispies, Fruit Loops, and Frosted Flakes. Oh, we're going to have to divvy that up somehow. That's the ones when we were kids. We had the packs. Yep. Thank you. Wow. I didn't know they made, I didn't know they made them like that anymore. I guess they do for like many summer it's from, camp or school. It's from Monty again. Or Monty Singleton. See, podcast is my latest addiction. Thanks so much. Oh, God. That's awesome. Well, we're, you can have the, the, the oatmeal is all you if you want the oatmeal. I'll eat. You like oatmeal? Breakfast? I do like oatmeal. I'll, I'll try one. Well, not, not, not into peach that much. Peaches and cream is my favorite. I don't know how Monty knew that. Monty, that's maybe, terrifying. Maybe you mentioned it. Maybe I did. I mentioned a lot of things that I don't remember mentioning. Last but not least, this is from my super patron, from my Patreon. Uh, it's going to drop it and hit the Mario. Um, this is from uh, Christian out in Germany, Deutschland. We're going to start with the... Now, I don't know if it's even arguable that these are like the best gummy beers on the 100%. planet. 100%. Haribo makes the best. Haribo, which... Is in his in his neighborhood, you know. That's awesome. You see commercials on TV sometimes. So are these? Oh, these are gummy worms. What are those? The actual bears? These are the bears, and these are the actual German so, ones. So the, the the flavors are actually different than they are. Oh, I in thought the they're US. Are they not all imported. There's some are imported. No, there's like a U.S. flavor, and then there's the. But even the, the quality is off the charts on these. We're talking oh, yeah. soft and chewy. So we'll have to share. All he's going for. We're, we're sharing these. All right. We got more foodstuffs. This made it through customs. And I will try this. Curry Gerwurst Ketchup from Deli Cat. I want curry ketchup. And then, it's funny because they're in like toothpaste tubes. Which mm -hmm. I wish our ketchup was in toothpaste tubes. Right Wob Tomi Ketchup and Mayo. That's in English. All in one, uh, all in one. That's from Nestle. That's awesome. <laughs> as long as it's, uh... See if I can smell it. Can't smell it because it's closed. I, I will try. We're gonna try this at a barbecue. We'll try this. The curry ketchup is what's most interesting. I think it's just spiced in there. It's mm -hmm. just, even probably their ketchup. We probably put too much sugar and shit in our ketchup. It's probably better. Bras bonbons. What? Ooh, these look good. These look like sticks of something or other. Oh man, these are like big pez. Are they really? Yeah. They're not like chocolate. No, these are big pez. <gasps> Musil. It's like oatmeal. Yeah, I know it is. It's so good. You put it like a little uh, like Greek yogurt on top of oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. Just, or put this in Greek yogurt and mix yeah, it? Just, oh, we'll, eat, we'll just divvy this eat out. Eat the crap out of that shit. It's well, so good. Is it like just like grains it's, and it's nuts? It's kind of like a granola, but not like formed. And then, yeah, you, you usually do it with like a little bit of cream or honey or uh, yogurt. Oh, I, I like Greek yogurt. Yeah, it's super good. Thank you for the German Musil. All right, now we have, like, individual ones. Here's one for you. Yay! Thank you. There's another one for you. Okay. Surprise pack from Germany. Oh, no, Ian. Okay, you do yours. Dear Pat and Ian, uh, it's very inspiring to see you t two talk boldly on the podcast like a shining beacon of authenticity in the sea of the internet. <laughs> you are my number one source of fun and insight from the gaming world. You've been entertaining me for years, and now I want to give you some entertainment back. N not only with the German food, but my hilarious game... Pixel Heroes Bite and Magic. I sent you the code. Yes. It would honor me remarkably if you played my game and gave me feedback. This means the world to me. I'm the programmer and our three-person team and all our passion went into making the game as seen in the 80s styles making a trailer. I hope this game will tickle Ian's grinding nerve since it is old school hard and features permadeath. Yes! I challenge you to beat it. Shout out to Frank. Watching Ask Frank is a healing for my soul. I would have sent German beer if import law didn't prohibit that. Please put some into the next Frank crate for my Patreon money. Oh. I will do that. Keep up the amazing work, Christian. 
Important. The curry, ketchup, and ketchup mayo combo must be refrigerated after opening. Okay. That's the same here, too. The game is in English, too. Play it directly with the CD or use the Steam key included in the box. Oh, okay. Oh, so he gave us... So, okay. This is cool. Okay, my note is the same. And there's pictures of... Uh, he did. They did a funny video, like, promoting it, and it's like, look at it, it's like 80s style. Did you yeah. the same one? <laughs> They're dressed like it's like 1984. It's great. Oh, Christian's a great guy. He ch- he's in the, the chats with me, the Patreon chats. I like the greetings from Germany uh, picture with, like, the... You know what? Plug. Germany makes it in my top ten places I want to visit in the world. It makes it in there. I've always wanted to go to a May Day in Germany. Oh, we got... Tops Hero Attacks cards. Not too familiar with them. I'm guessing they're, like, uh, you know, like a magic sort of thing, but it's Tops Hero cards. Maybe, and it doesn't really matter, because opening cards is always incredibly fun. Oh, thank you so much. You are the man. One of the only few PAL exclusive games that I ever wanted, and he got it for me. He got me Noah's Ark. Nice! This is the Konami title, which is actually very, very fun. This is awesome. Actung on the back. Or oh my god, it. I can't remember which one this is. I should know the name. He got me a Mahjong game I don't have for the PC Engine. Th- thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Sengoku Mahjong, that's it. He's got it right on the back. Eh. Thanks. It's, that it is takes, awesome. It takes a very special person to n- send me a Mahjong game for the PC Engine that I don't have already. Noah's Ark. You know, I almost bought that at Con Bravo. I'm glad I didn't. What? Noah's Ark? Noah's Ark. I almost bought a bunch. I love oh, it's a really cool... It's it's his game, but it's like a cool like CDI or 3DO sort of package on the uh, slipcase. Yeah, he did a physical release. Of it. Bang up job! And he, they signed it. Look how awesome that is. The graphic style is actually really cool. Did you get one of these? I think oh, so. That's probably it. Awesome yep, job. That's what I got. Awesome job. Go check it. out Pixel Heroes Bite and Magic. Oh, this looks. Yeah, this looks right up my alley. Well, well, we're we're through it. This room's a mess. All right, we got to end this podcast sometime. Fortunately, thank you so much for everything. Yeah, thanks. If you want to send us more stuff, and then I got to rent a storage unit. Um, it's pack, uh, CU Podcast, Care of Pat Country, P.O. Box 7695, San Diego, California, 92167. So much candy, so much goodness. Thank you for the Noah's Ark and Thanks, everything else. everybody. Um, we have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash pixelsickhole. If, if you like us, feel free to give us a buck or two. I think or, it's, or, I'm sorry, I think it's so cool that indie games get, like, physical releases. No, it's, it's fantastic. We're going to see you in a couple weeks. I'm coming. I'm going to be at Retropalooza in uh, uh, Arlington, Texas, September 26th, 27th. And then Ian and I will both be in Portland Retro Gaming Expo October 17th and 18th, which is the 30th anniversary of the NES. That's Sunday. And by then, hopefully, a pre-orders for the books will begin. Or, or for my book. Um, and that's it. So, for Ian Ferguson, it's been a pretty howdy-doody long CU podcast because of that bo- unboxing. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks as we go have more wax uh, bottled syrupy nickel nips. Alright. Nips? Nickel nips. There are nips. Nickel nips. We're gonna go suck on a nip. Alright, we'll see you later. Alright, bye.